jerk alert. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? Tractor beam. Sucked me right in. He slimed me. It's not a tumor. You're killing me, Smalls. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You guys want to do a podcast? Let's no. do it. Let's go home. You are home, dude. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, let's do this shit. Come on, let's go. Come on. Wait, no. Wait. Let's go and do it again. <laughs> and again and again and again. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Shrout. I am Jason. I'm Ander. <laughs> and uh, you are listening to the Movie Roulette podcast. And uh, we got a little something different for you this week. Uh, we are going to talk about our first non-comedy slash horror movie. Yeah. Oh, that's is, is that is, real? That yeah, is real. This is the it's first. Real. This is the first drama of yeah. our podcast. Drama. Uh, and this and is what episode is this? It's a thirteen. Thirteen. It's a biopic too. It's dude. And when we say drama, fucking hell, they're dramatic in this. Very movie. dramatic. Uh, we are watching. I'm sorry. Scratch that. Reverse it. We are talking about La Bamba. La Bamba. Uh, from 1987. And uh, yeah, we're pretty stoked on it uh, yeah, to I, do another episode. And I tend to really enjoy music biopics yeah. of all types. Um, another famous Mexican-American, Selena. I even enjoyed that one. Is that the one with J-Lo? Yes, no. it is. is yes. It? And it she was? kills it. Okay. There's just... I only say that because there's echoes in this movie that remind me of Selena, even though this came out first. They're just, you know, like they're struggling with Mexican right. American artists. And at, right. at some point they're confronted with needing to learn a song in Spanish and they're conflicted because they don't speak Spanish, right. but they want to like do it authentically for their audience. And I noticed in both of these biopics, th- there's a scene that portrays yeah. that sort of a thing. Can I say you're going in pretty deep on the intro? No shit. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna <laughs> edit that out, and he'll put it where it's necessary. So you anyway, should. yeah, we have we have watched in our today discussing La Bamba, and uh, I think the next step would be to uh, cue up our shot. How about it, go. boys? All right. Uh, <laughs> what are we shooting today, Andy? Uh, we're we're uh, we're drinking ourselves some good old chicken cock. So, chicken and- chicken cock Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It's it, um, it's supposed to be really nice, really good. So we, we just we're, cracked we're the bottle tonight. today, and we've already poured our shots. So you don't have to listen to us pour them. So here we go. Here Boys, we go. Let's take cheers, a shot. Cheers, cheers salute. Zazino. Oh, that is really good. Yeah, that is pretty good. I see the chicken cock. You see it? I totally uh, taste. I taste the chicken cock. I taste cock. the chicken cock. I well, I always <coughs> taste taste chicken cock. So. Oh yeah, you have that thing. Yeah, I do. <coughs> Uh, so Andy. there it is. Ah, oh, see, he didn't do that. See, it, like we need to get like really shitty bourbon, so he uh, makes the faces. Yeah, He's but the, oh. the listeners can't see his face. I know, but we can. It's so funny. maybe everybody one, knows me. Maybe knows one day, if we, I can't help it. By the way, maybe one day if we turn this thing into a video video podcast yeah. as well, we need people to listen. Uh, but uh, I think uh, Andy, why don't you tell us about the movie? Oh, um, the movie that we're talking about tonight, La Bamba, uh, starring Lou Diamond Phillips, S. A. Morales, Rosanna. Pardon me. Rosanna DeSoto, Elizabeth Pena, R.I.P., uh, Danielle Von Zernick, and Joe, I'm going to fuck this one up, Joe Pantoliano. 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 They call him Joey Pants. Yeah. Joey Pants. Okay. Uh, he he was he was Francis in the Goonies. No, I'm Francis. I, yeah. I understand. I know who he is. 
but I suck at saying his name. That you don't even mean, wear a toupee. He's, he's Francis Fratelli in The Goonies, for those who yeah. don't know, by name. He's, he's great. And it was written and directed by Louis um, or Louis Valdez. It, it would either be Louis or Luis. Yeah, so uh, and with the Not Valdez, Louis. I think it's uh, Luis, because Louis would be Italian. And then I don't think it's S.A. Morales. I think it's S.I. I, I've never heard of a, na- a name as S.A., and that's E-S-E. So just, you know, a little bit on your grammar there, bud. Well, see, my grammar is in the English language, not in the Spanish language. Okay. So speaking of, well, you said Pena, correct? Pena. You didn't say. Had, you didn't say it, Elizabeth it was Pena. Pena. It had the Inya in there. Not it the doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have the tilde over it, 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 it. Here, that's what it's called. Tilda. It's called tilde. I totally okay. fucking forgot about that. It is, but it is, it is Pena. Pena. Yeah, did, but we yes. did we did go to high school with some Pena's, and that's probably why you know it. It's not because you're knowledgeable of the language; it's because we. Got no, Joe Mike. So there's this teenage Mexican guy, poor dude, works get, works and goes to school in California in like I don't know fifties or something like that. He plays music in a band and gets you know bound or whatever. Uh, kind of like my cousin Cletus. Uh, him and his friends play down the DMV or what have you. And some guy said he would record him or something, but ended up just taking dudes' uh, songs and running off, crash his truck too. Kind of fucked up, you know. <laughs> Anyways, this Mexican kid gets found and starts making hits and on the radio and stuff becomes a big deal, you know. And then some other stuff happens, uh, you know, rich and famous stuff. And well, he made a song called La Bamba or something like that. And a couple of uh, others, they good. I like them. Tap your foot to them and what have you. Uh, listen, find out what happens. Cause you know, if you don't know, it's kind of fucked up at the end. It's kind of, you'll be surprised. And you know, so take a listen and shit and shit. It's a, yeah. Take a listen. Shit. <laughs> that was actually really beautiful. Was it? So I'm having fun with these. I'm having fun with them. So and speaking of having fun with it, I actually enjoyed watching this again. It's been a long time. I enjoy a younger Lou Diamond Phillips. I was a big fan of his work in Young Absolutely. Guns as well when yes. I was a child. Did you know that this was his first major role? I think it, I think I did know that in my research afterwards. Yeah. But um, I was curious. I felt like from the reaction when we when we rolled this that Shot had not seen this movie. And I am curious, Have had you seen this one? I actually, uh, I don't recall ever seeing it. I have, I have zero recollection of it, but I do. So in our in our drawer in our entertainment center when I was a kid, we had all of our VHS. The VHS, VHS drawers. Tapes. Yeah, everybody had that. And we had La Bamba that was in my mom's handwriting and it, in parentheses, Lou Diamond Phillips. LDP. And it was, she had recorded it off of something because it was, a, it was like a blank tape with like her handwriting on it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and my mom loved Lou Diamond Phillips. She talked about him all the time and she always talked He's about him. He's a sexy dude. I would, so, I would like him. Um, Interesting. So yeah, I didn't actually, to my knowledge, I'd never seen it. Now I might have as a kid, you know, just have it parents you had playing no it or something, of it, but so no memory of it. Like watching like no scenes that were like, oh yeah, like no, nothing like that. absolutely not. No. no. So that's cool. That was a surprise. I mean, for you. there was fami- fam- I know the story of Richie Valens, right? Oh, so yeah. I was familiar with some of what was happening and I knew what was coming and all that, but, um, but I had never seen the movie. Yeah. So. Well, it was, it was probably a fun kind of retelling of the story because, you know, um, in true Hollywood fashion, this movie uh, if it, it breezes through like kind of the important moments, it's really right. set in just a couple year time span from beginning end of the movie. Literally a year. Yeah, yeah. Literally okay. a was year. It, was it okay? No, no a, little bit, a little bit over a year. I think it was yeah, his, fifty-seven to fifty-nine. Or fifty-seven something. to early fifty-nine. Mid fifty-seven. It was summer fifty-seven to uh, I think, yeah, February. I think you are right. So we're just 59. under two years. Right. But we're right. It's a very short thing. So, and, well, in, in his like career. 
from like the first eight months. yeah eight months oh, yeah until when he death. got signed yeah. which is just that's that's the the tragedy in the and, story yeah. and I will point it out when we get to it but there's like a lot of things that are done out of yeah out of, okay out of, good yeah because that's one thing I did want to kind of pick at this since we this is a biopic. Um, we all know that there were there was going to be liberties taken to tell the yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice if we can kind of sort out like maybe what really happened in certain situations. Right. Though there wasn't as much fuckery as I thought. No, and that's that's I was the, I was the family digging, played a big role. I was in, digging in this and like it was like ah oh, fuck. So like, but yeah, um, I know when I when this ran, I was like fucking stoked. I was like, yeah, like I okay. love it. I, to this day, I still love Richie Valens. Like I love, I love his dad. His only album he made, and like that kind of brought me into like other like Bill, uh, Buddy Holly things like that. Yeah. Like that. So they actually made two albums, two studio albums, and then there's a live album that came out after his death. Well, I'm just saying, like he recorded, high. he only recorded enough for one album. <laughs> like he he did do the the like I think it was. It was two it was recorded two like 20, albums. 26 tracks, yeah. and I think he oh, wrote yeah. 21. It's like, of them. It's like 12 okay. and 12 Which, or something on at the, the album. time. Writing twenty one of of those songs. Yeah, double check me I thought I thought it was just crazy. one. I thought it was just one album. Like no, I the, mean the, the Delphi one. I think I think that was the self titled one. It was Delphi. That was the one with all the bangers. Uh, the Delphi like, record. On, yeah, there's, there's his first one released in released in March of fifty nine was called Richie Valens. That was the second it, one it, it was it called released, Richie and released October of fifty. So that was, yeah, it was, it was released post mortem because it was like Sublime essentially. He got big and then died. Yeah, he died before the label like before had the, before, got all the promotions yeah. ready. And yeah, uh, he, di- he died before either one of them came out. No, I know, and it's sort of like I mean, but there were radio singles like right. like crazy. Yeah, like "Come On, Let's Go" was was the big one at first, and then uh, then Donna. Yeah, "Come On, Let's Go." I believe was that the one that was an instrumental, and then no, we "Come On, Let's st- Go" was like "Come On, Let's." No, yeah. it was meant to be an instrumental, and we went in the studio. He started recording, and then really, yeah, Bob Keen was like. All right, so we need some. See, I, see, I didn't, I didn't do any of that kind of deep track. Like, I, yeah. I, I let, I leave that stuff up to you guys. I'm too fucking busy. So, yeah, he's still. I mean, he there's, there's, you know, half of his first record was written by other people, uh, with a couple of them he co-wrote, and then the rest were his. Okay, but his second album was basically there was one song that he had no part in writing, and the other ten songs were were him. I, I'm excited to or, I'm, yeah, two songs. I'm excited to hear a lot more about like the recording process because you guys have been a lot more involved in all that shit than I definitely ever oh, yeah. have. Yeah. Especially. And, yeah. So, and like you, you have point something pointed out on here, like a term that I guarantee you nobody else is, uh, knows about. I'm interested to hear what it is. Cause I, I don't and, know that I did that. And, and, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't call it out on the text line or anything like that because I know that you, Called it out, or you put it in the in yeah, the. Yeah, I'll be able to explain whatever yep. it is. I'm sure. Yep. Speaking but, of, you want to get into it? Should we? Yeah, get, I think we can. Should we get into our scenes? Yeah, I think I'm first. You are first, Shroud. Okay, La Bamba opens in Northern California. It's summertime in 1957. A 16-year-old Richard Richie Valenzuela has just woken up from a nightmare involving a plane crash above a playground. We see that he is a farm worker with his mother, Connie, and they live in a work camp with the other workers and have formed a tight-knit makeshift village with the laborers and their families. Then Richie's older half-brother, Bob, pulls up on his motorcycle to reconnect with his family after being released from prison a year ago. Richie's father, Steve, had passed away and the family had been struggling ever since. Bob was here to finally take his family back to Southern California and give them all a fresh start. 
The evening before they depart, Bob and Richie catch up on life. They talk about Steve's death, Bob's prison time, and Richie's rock and roll dreams. Later, Bob hooks up with Rosie, a young woman from the camp that Richie had his eye on. The next morning, they all head to Southern California, and Rosie impulsively joins them. Three months later, we see the family has settled into their small rundown house in Pacoima. All good job. Connie works, and Rosie takes care of the chores and Richie's two younger sisters. Bob struggles to stay out of trouble, and Richie is attending high school. Then we see Richie at school, guitar by his side as always, when a new student, Donna Ludwig, shows up. Richie develops a crush. He also has an audition for local band, The Silhouettes, tonight. After, in- after introducing himself to Donna and nailing his audition, Richie is on cloud nine. He arrives home to tell his family the good news, but he arrives to Bob and Rosie having a terrible fight. Rosie is pregnant and Bob is an asshole drunk. Richie is destined for more than this shit. Damn right. Fuck yeah, he is. So the way that opened up, I remember like, you know, it opens up with this like kind of black and white footage of these yeah. kids playing in a playground and then there's just a planes collide in the air right. above and I'm like, what the fuck? And it's over that... uh I don't remember the name of that the song that's playing that instrumental uh, with that with that slide guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fa- it, it, play, it plays throughout the entire yeah. fucking it's movie. It's in the movie several times. Yeah, but there is yeah, it was, about that it track. was a hit. Yeah, in that uh, God, it has a name because I I think I even shazammed it when I was playing because I'm like, what the hell is it? And yeah, I've forgotten it again. But um, I'm gonna do some research while you guys. Yeah, so you, you pull that up. But yeah, it has that super sweet slide guitar riff. Well, that's that is that is a lap a, guitar. It's it's a real real yeah chill vibe. I like that. Yeah. One. But I remember being confused like, oh yeah, I do remember this imagery, but I don't really remember what it has to do with the Richie Valens story, which you right. know, they get into that. Yeah. But when he wakes up in this like work camp, uh-huh. there's part of me that's like, is I don't know how, how much, how true that actually is. I, uh, I, I was he being there. This is stuff that I was researching later, but it kind of tells you the story that from these really kind of poor roots, they're, you know, hustling and grinding. So right, yeah. Well, so real quick, going back to the that opening thing, the hit. We find out later, Richie's buddy, the fat uh, Hispanic kid on the playground playing basketball, wearing the shorts over the sweats. That was not something done <laughs> until the eighties. That was not something done until the eighties, and it was like, ah, come on, guys. That is like a detail. Like the the gym teacher probably wouldn't let that happen. Even like that was back in the days when they were like, you have to shower after gym class. Well, here's right? the problem too with that scene is it had just happened in his life. That wasn't when he was a kid. It had happened in two ni- years earlier. It, no, it happened in 1957. And this takes a place in summer of 1957. Does it? Oh, the fuck. plane crash happened. That one. Yeah. So he was 14 or 15. He, he was, was at his grandfather's high. funeral that day. Okay. Fuck. Well, you're skipping ahead. No, no, no. We no, no this no, wasn't no, he, even in the movie. No, that, uh, no, that, that wasn't even discussed talks, in the movie. He, he does. He mentions well, he, he that talks, later He in talks the movie. about when Donna yeah. later. Just, but yeah. yeah, we're just talking about how he's having this plane yeah. crash dream. That had right, but that's just happened part in his of, life. That's part of the revealing of it later is that he talks about that later. I know, but it's biopic. Right. God, God damn it. Well, this scene happens, and I'm just saying in his life that had just happened. Yeah. It wasn't. I'd always taken it that happened in his childhood. Because yeah, it, it landed over something middle school. It was, was the name of the, the, uh, was, I think it was Pacoima. Pacoima. I think it was yeah, middle it, school. Yeah, it was. But like, cause I think they, I think they lived in Pacoima and then went up North to find work to pick during the summer. See, when that's was, what they weren't clear about. Cause I'm like, I, I, he came to Pacoima after this. So what? Yeah. So I was confused, but yeah, he might've been kind of back and forth Yeah, uh, after his dad died. That I, I, one of the things I said was, uh, that would be a one hellish existence, Northern California in the summer, which isn't too hot. 
It's not like it's Southern California, but they're, you're only talking about like up in like San Francisco. So that's not too much farther North. Like it's from, it's, from LA. Yeah. Oh, this way it's yeah. There's, no, there's a I'm lot not, of, I'm not, there's I'm, a lot of space between the I two. I understand there's a lot of space, but it's, oh, yeah. well, we're not talking like up to like fucking Oregon area. Like it's, it's <clears throat> living in a camp in a tent city, essentially in the summer and anywhere, California would suck dick. That's uh, all I'm saying. The highs in, in San Francisco are in the, like the seventies during the summer. I understand that, but they're not on the coast. They're in the, they're up North in the, in, yeah, in they're getting into the like Bakersfield and shit. It can yeah, be pretty it's rough. It's, it's not, fucking hot. It's not like it's, it's not, it's not Phoenix. Yeah. It's, it's not, not, it's you not know Phoenix. Phoenix. I, I know Phoenix I know. in the summer. So yeah. do I, but you know Phoenix more than I do. <laughs> That's yeah. hot. But come coming from that, can we just talk about like getting the dick slap in the face of the uh, La Bamba graphic? title graphic coming out of nowhere. I didn't even notice it. I didn't notice it. Dude, either. it was just like flip. And then like the music changed when Bob is rolling down the fucking highway in his mo- on his motorcycle. It's just a it is not a fun little thing there. <laughs> it's kind of that 80s transition yeah, out of nowhere. Fucking nowhere. Speaking of Bob, uh his signature head nod that he gives when he sees his brother, SA Morales, yeah. With the first one we see here. And I'm like, oh, okay. When he's on the, he's uh, yeah. on my, my, on and the he does it the rest of the movie. Yeah. But um, I, I like his, his voice is almost like a caricature. It is. But I really like it. I really like his character. I remember being really annoyed with Bob when I was younger watching this. Now that I'm kind of, you know, I'm older now. You uh, are? Yeah. A, a bit. Is that how time works? Uh, kind of. But now I kind of see his character for like what he, what he was to their family. Like he was going through some shit. Um, especially Richie and him had a a different father and he saw Richie's father as a father figure to him, but he also kind of felt left out. Like, well, see, I wasn't a dad to him all the time. I've, so he's just really searching for his place. He's like kind of fucked up mentally. He's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's a lost soul kind of a guy. And at first I remember being like, just shut the fuck up and just let Richie, you know, do his thing. You know, all you're doing is just ruining everything as a, you know, a a kid. kid. Yeah. Now I'm like older. I'm like, ah, dude, he was in so much pain. He just, Poor well, guy. So you know, I found myself rooting for him later in the movie at certain spots. So I didn't, I thought, uh, I, well, I think S.A. Morales just over did everything, but like, I, so like he, I remember when he shows up to this camp on the motorcycle, they're all uh, like, what took you so long to come and get us or whatever? Cause he had been kind of running astray for like a year. I guess maybe he was getting, you know, maybe he was down in Southern California, getting that place for them to all stay or something. That paper. Yeah. So he was getting that set up, but, this is also where we kind of see this thing that Richie maybe had a little crush on Rosie, but never made a move or anything. He maybe got himself friend zoned and his brother shows up that night. They have like a little party and he's boning her out like over in the fucking bushes by the end of the night. And she was a virgin. Yeah. Apparently she yeah. says, and I just remember being real uncomfortable by a lot of that scene. And then Richie is like bummed. Dude. It's like, Oh dude, my brother so, just banged that girl. I like, so I, I, like, I, oh, I dude. I, I actually made a note here. So it said, so does Rosie know that she is Richie's girl? Like, cause he comes up and puts his arm around her. Bob, this is like, Oh, that's my brother, Bob, or whatever he fucking says. I think he like been flirting and maybe trying to, he right. was cultivating something there, but hadn't really made the move. But as soon as Bob showed up on that badass Indian bike, by the way, that is a badass Indian bike. Okay. Um, uh, she like, she was just, she was not having Richie. She was all about Bob. What about Bob? Rose is about, about Bob. Him. Yep. So, um, 
But yeah, you, and all those like kids trying to watch her take the shower and that little we, camp. Did you? We did get a little nipple slip in there. I don't know if you guys saw that. I did. That was I feel our, like you were our, really looking hard to see that. Yeah, you did. I, yeah, I, I didn't I notice just, it. I just, I just like. Yeah, Shroud's normally on Dick Patrol. He is on Dick Patrol. I'm on Boob Patrol. <laughs> this so. is true. <laughs> uh, but uh, did you guys know that uh, Lou Diamond Phillips actually auditioned for the role of Bob, and Bob auditioned for the role of Richie? Did you guys know that? I think they did. The, they made the right choice because Richie had that, that kind of youthful. I, you know, Bob looked like more of the badass. Or yeah, no, yeah, Asai uh, Morales or whatever we want to fucking call him. Um, the the thing that's frustrating to me is that was that Richie Valens was uh, chunky. He was a little chunky. Yes, in real life he was. But Lou Diamond Phillips is sitting there just six pack, blaring fucking nice, yeah, like nice biceps. Trying to make people more interested in Richie Valens. I, I think. understand that, but like, and by the way, give him a little pudge, man. None give of the the, some fun. None of what we're hearing the audio is Richie. It's not his voice. It's not his band. They're all recreations by Los Lobos. Yeah, I love and Los boy, Lobos. Did they kill it? Dude, because they my God, loved it. The 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 actual musicianship of the tracks that we are hearing, the guitar work, the vocal work. I'm, I'm Lobos, thoroughly impressed. I know, Lobos, I know they're, I know they're huge, and I know they're, they're still, great. I believe they're still around today. That, yeah, they are. That work that they did in that movie is just fucking cool. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's such cool, like a cultural phenomenon to be the guys tapped to do that job. And I just thought they knocked it out of the park. Speaking from a musician's point of view, fucking big ups to Los Lobos. Oh, they yeah. killed it in this movie. I just wanted to. Uh, did you guys notice the one of the best quotes of the movie in this scene? Maybe when Richie said, tells his brother, he said, my dreams are pure rock and roll. Oh my God. I did. I wrote that down and I was like, holy fuck. Uh, Bob is over to my, uh, like I have it. I have it written down somewhere. I was like, God damn dude. Like chill the fuck out. Yeah. It was, it was kind of cheese, but like in a way of they're really setting it up because of the way he, he walks around with his guitar everywhere that yeah, here it is. this was all he cared about. Yeah. This, for at, real. At That's this it. time, this was like, he woke up thinking about rock and roll. Well, he, he went to school and that was his identity. He even so far as when Donna showed up in his class for the first time, she's the new student. And he's like, damn, who's that? And he goes to introduce himself to her. And he's like, Hey, they call me high tone. And he's carrying his guitar right around his back at school. What apparently a he really did do that everywhere. It is. I thought it was bullshit. Hollywood stuff. I actually, but I, I like some interviews of real people were like, yeah, I remember you show up at school carrying this guitar around. I was so like, like, holy I, shit. He did that. I go, everything is so dramatic in this movie. My dreams are pure rock and roll. And I mean, it was like, like they're overlooking a fucking the Valley and everything like that. They're on top of the Hill. It's just like, oh, come on guys. Like, well, I, I never noticed it before. Like this yeah, is, we me, also like, got the critical eye. We know? also got a middle finger trick from Bob. Oh, that was a good so, middle finger trick, by the way. Like, yeah. Like that was that. Like I, I loved Bob in this scene from here on out. I have some things to say. So, okay. I mean, you can, uh, you can, you can, like, Bob speaking of, I'll like, talk a little uh, more on Bob later, but I'm kind of with you. Yeah. So, like I start, there, there are times when I start to feel bad about it. Yeah. Cause, cause I kind of understand like the character of Bob in real life, who he was. Yeah. You're Sorry. just pointing at shit and making I a face. Been, this I means have, nothing to me. The worst makeout scene, like, cause I'm like, it, I have some things to say about Bob. Worst makeout scene with fucking Rosie ever and like that we've had to deal with that that was so uncomfortable that makeout scene oh in the beginning yeah well because she, well they're that's what they're illustrating the reason it was uncomfortable because they're showing the dynamic of a man who's been to prison who's lived like he's a grown-ass man and he's about to fuck a virgin yeah <laughs> and she is uncomfortable she is 
young, inexperienced, and that was a dynamic you felt from the screen. They did that on purpose. I right, thoroughly like, believe it because he was really taking her innocence. And I think that was something that Richie's character, you know, they were innocent young kids together. And I think he liked her. His brother just rolls up on a fucking motorcycle and bangs her. And he's, he's, like, he's like, he's like, well, hey, do we ever, do shit. We, they don't ever reveal his age. Like how much older than Richie his is brother? He? No, I, they don't I think really he's like two it. years, two or three years older than him. I think though, at this point he's in his early twenties and Richie is at this point in the movie. I think he's 16 years old at this point of the movie. No, well, he might've only, he might've been 15, but I felt like because he was 57. He died at 17. So he had yes. to have been, Unless, yeah, unless his birthday is between February and summer. Yeah. He was probably 15. Uh, his birthday was May of 41. So then he, you were right. Between February. 16. So he was 16. 16. 57. Yeah. He was, but because of the months, he's still 17 when he dies. He's almost, he's three yes, months away yeah, from turning yeah. 18. Um, oh. Real quick. What? Her dad, uh, Rosie's dad, tried super hard to keep her. Rosa! That's it. Like he didn't, he didn't take a step towards her. Like she, what? She's like 18, 19. Yeah. And he had no idea where she was even fucking going. Yeah. I'm guessing she's Richie's age. That's, I'm yeah, guessing I, she's I, 15, I, 16. Yeah. So and he well, just she was definitely like, dropped out of school then. Cause she was, she never even went to school with Richie. No, she was just, she, she was, was pregnant fucking barefoot yep. in the kitchen, man. Pretty much pretty quick when they move back there. Cause we're seeing that he's in Pacoima. He's, you know, he, I don't know. Like he, he's getting along well, you know, it's not, he does have, there's some people judging him because of his heritage, um, which we see. But overall, it seems like he's just in his head, obsessed with rock and roll. He meets Donna. And that's kind of what we see in these opening scenes where he immediately walks her home, you know, names high tone. And, you know, he's wanting to get to know her. And her father sees them. He's not supportive. But when he goes and tries out for this band, The Silhouettes, I really love this scene. It's because... It's the first time we get to see Richie perform. Right. And, uh, Oh, he nails that audition. It, uh, does, does he do though? the, Oh, my head. Is that yeah. the first one? Which that might've been one of my favorite tracks he does on this one. Uh, I, I love oh, my head. Yeah. He kicks back in. So yeah. sick. So he wrote that one super sick. But, uh, I remember the bands like jiving and I remember kind of, you know, you're tapping your feet by this yeah. point. Like, Oh yeah, dude, this is sick. And, and uh, the, the Rudy singer, is like, yeah, the Rudy, the singer of, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's fine, I guess. Well, no, like he, he doesn't, won't let him sing. He, he, at first, he's like, he's like, Ugh. and he's like, okay, so this is actually pretty good. And he starts playing the sax, and then as soon as he breaks into the solo, he's like, God damn it! And like that's when he's like, God, I'm he's not going to sing. You, yeah, you don't need a shitty singer and a sax player when you got like, a, you know, a oh, riffer like that. I can't he's wait. Playing like pretty sick guitar parts. He's doing cool solos, especially for the time period. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, to yeah, be yeah. playing like that, you know, absolutely. And again. The Los Lobos kill it. Yes. Because the guitar work is fantastic. So real quick, can we go back to Donna? Sure. How gorgeous is she in this movie? You that joking? That, oh yeah. I thought she was just joking. I was bored. She's yeah. all right. But so, okay, we're going to the, um, uh, tryout, right? How old is their bassist? Did you guys notice that guy? All the guys in the band look older than, than him. Yeah, Dude, I think they were all out of high school guys. Dude, their they were like playing their bassist the was like he was balding. The Asian guy, you guys didn't notice that. Like he was just I didn't really yeah, notice it, but I you did. know, sometimes you just need someone who can do the job right. You know, playing bass is uh, it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> bass is, I, bass I, is so I, easy. I start laugh first. I just no, hey, 
playing it with touch and feel. Not hey. even I can't even do it. So hey, Trout, what the fuck am I talking oh, about? Oh no, hey, don't even say that shit. You hey. are a fucking incredible baseball player. And I don't mean yeah. like you can play like Victor Wooten. I mean you play like shit that it's it's feel. It's like well, vibey thanks. and because you know what? I bust my ass to do that and I never really felt like anyone noticed. So I, I always fuck did. you. Fuck I you. Every, like, <laughs> hey, how do you get a how do you get a basis off your uh front porch? Tip him for the pizza. Exactly. All right. Um <laughs> I, that's it for that's it for this. Well, this, this scene we can touch a little bit on the relationship that has developed now after the three months and the arrival because we've we've settled on where what Richie's up to. Right, but Bob and Rosa, oh, you want to kind of live in a camper in the backyard in this little house, and this is a rundown shithole of a house. Right, but you know what? They're making it. It's not a tent, and Richie's in in school and he's finding his way. Southern California, perfect. He likes this girl, but at home, Rosie and Bob. Bob has been selling drugs. He's a drunk and he pretty much uh, has his way with Rosie anytime he wants. He's kind of an asshole. Just he's, yep. a, he's r- living kind of that rough lifestyle right now. Definitely was a bummer when they pan to three months later and you find out that Bob's like up to his old ways. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. I was like, ah, really? Come on, Bob. Like, and but yeah. In context, we all know a fuck up like Bob and we all loved a fuck up like Bob in our lives for one reason or another. Yeah. Cause people that for whatever reason and Bob's story makes sense. And he's struggling with his identity because you know, the father thing and you know, and he's just been a fucking troublemaker. He's like in pain and he lets that pain out several times in this movie where I'm like, Oh, okay. I kind of glossed over this as when I watched this as a child, but now that I'm older, I'm like, okay, I think, I think he's really going through some shit. I think it was because we need to be heard. We hadn't had those life experiences yet. Correct. We couldn't understand what, like, we've all been like low points, but like Bob just lived down at that low. Yeah, point. he was self sabotaging. Yeah, and this going is through be- a lot of exactly. things that people who need what, help. And go this through. is before his brother turns into a sensation. Right. Correct. Because so right. that's just to do like Richie. that's just going right. to magnify it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and so because that comes out later, and I, and yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, like. It, that's exactly it. Like he lived that low point, but it was all his doing. Yeah. And we see that over and over. And this is that kind of the first time where we see them kind of getting an argument. Richie witnesses it. I think maybe Rosie throws something at Bob, you know, they're arguing and she hears it when he kind of, he's high after coming home from this uh, audition. He's pumped Yeah, because he, he had nailed the audition. He's like going to be in a band now. He's going to play gigs. Everyone, we all three at this table remember from picking up an instrument to learning to first time jamming with friends, the first gigs you get. Oh yeah. Holy shit. You're 16 years old. We all can relate to Richie at this point. Oh yeah. And to to come home to that, it's like, okay, so this is the type of shit that's going on uh, in his life at that time. Anyways. All right. You know what also sucks? Scene two. Scene two, I know. Scene two. Probably not I don't remember. Bad. I don't remember disliking scene two. Uh, I'm just joking. I was just trying to get us to uh, transition into scene two, which I'm going to start right now at this point. Later that week, we see Richie walking Donna home from school. She lives in a much nicer part of town than Richie. When the two arrive at Donna's, Richie invites Donna to his uh, first show with silhouettes, while Donna's father looks on in disappointment. That night at the show, the silhouettes didn't play any of Richie's songs. Frontman Rudy just ate plates of shit all night long while Richie played guitar unenthusiastically. Richie was not happy with his first show and Donna didn't even show up. The fuck? 
After another mysterious plane crash dream, Richie wakes up to a conversation with a drunk Bob about Richie's father and Bob's place in the family. The next day, we learn that Donna's father wouldn't let her go to the show, and Connie works on getting her son a gig at a country music bar. The owner is skeptical that his audience will go for a Mexican-American kid playing rock and roll, but he knew Richie's father, so he agreed to give him a shot. Richie wins over the crowd playing his songs uh, with his brother Bob doing his best to give Richie a beat behind uh, the drum kit. It was clear to everyone that Richie had something special. After the exciting show, Connie decides to help manage Richie's career. She gets him another gig at the American Legion Hall, and Bob draws up uh, some flyers to promote the show. Rudy from the Silhouettes won't play the gig, so his band quits and joins Richie Valenzuela and his pointy I mean, his flying guitar. His pointy mouth. Yeah. Uh, they had a show to promote. Later at that show, there is a good turnout. Richie shines like a star and impresses the entire town, Donna, and the president of Delphi Records, Bob Keane. Then Bob shows up drunk with all of his asshole friends. They make a scene and cause a brawl, disappointing the entire family yet again. Of course. What's the pointy mouth pun? Okay, so now I don't give a fuck. I nobody got it. it? No. So when you watch Richie Fallon sing, it's Lou Diamond Phillips' point, point. Like, it's his fault. But his mouth is fucking angular and pointy as fuck. I've right. always noticed it. It's not something to Richie Valens. It's totally Lou Diamond Phillips thing. But his mouth is fucking pointy. I don't know I, how else to describe I, it. I feel like I anyone else fucking, who watches I never this fucking, I never is going to... It's that, Richie Valenzuela and his flying guitar. That's what his mom wants to call the band. Right. And I yeah, just, was just stupid, by the way. And I, as I'm watching it, I'm like more like Richie Valenzuela and his pointy mouth. <laughs> I thought it was pointy. And I was like... Everyone's going to know guess, what I mean. I didn't notice that, I guess. You know what? Everybody's going to know what you meant by it. Like, yeah, on the, out if of you context. just go back and watch a preview for him singing La Bamba, you're going to notice that there's, he's got corners, it's angular. There's just, <laughs> you cut yourself on that fucking thing. <laughs> so, but it's supposed All to be right. Richie. Well, you know what? You know what? I tried, like, I, 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 I tried, I tried to understand it whenever I pre-read the thing. I was like, <laughs> All right, dude, I'm going to go with it. That's hold fine. on, hold on. We're going to, we're going to, yeah. Gonna, I do want him to look it up <laughs> because now that I say it, maybe you'll see what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. It just comes across while he sings. Just, yeah. His mouth looks weird. Just to me. fucking play it. Just play that. No, that play that fucking that that first one. That you, it was just right there. Oh, but so we get to see uh, Sam Anderson in this first little scene. Pamela Anderson. She was way later. That's yeah, like she was. Wire. Uh, no, uh, the dude from Lost. Gene from Lost. Isn't his name? Gene from Lost. Never watched Lost. You did, you and I did, but Jason. Yeah, you missed a really good first three seasons and yeah, then a really and, bad. Maybe the first four were great. Yeah, but uh, it was the uh, the uh, Donna's dad. He was Gene or something like that in Lost or whatever. He he was he, stop being so selfish, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like and he is such a dick. Like because you you admit like you see how he feels about Richie without even seeing him from. Well, closer than a hundred feet well, away. He looks at he's like, what is he Italian? Yeah, he says something. He, like, is he, he an does Italian a hard boy? eye on that uh, uh, Italian. Yep, it was the fifties, though. Yeah, this is women as racist ass. This, this is, he he is what made America great again. So, dude, I remember Ryan Uhak always mocking his dad, and he would say Italian like that <laughs> yeah. when he's mocking his dad. Yeah, like, uh, it's like you have to hit that. You have to hit that hard eye, but. Then we see 
how bad Lou Diamond Phillips is with this the fifties lingo. Ah, oh, come on, are you gonna come to the show tonight? It'll be a real gas kitten. Oh, dude, that was brutal. That line, I'm like, oh no. I wrote it down. It, like, gave, it gave me, yeah, it's my first note from this from this scene. Chills. It yeah. gave me, it, yeah, it gave me like, douche chills. What? <laughs> like he does, he does. It'll be a real gas kitten. And I'm like, like no, 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 like, no. No, they and thankfully they. They didn't do any of that the rest of the movie. No, no, no. no he does. There are, there are he more. Calls her, he there calls are her more. kid again later. He calls her kid again later, but there, there, there are more well, There's bad. nothing that sticks out like that then. Because I it, have them written down for you, it, though. It, 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 in the context of, his, in his, of him saying that line, it's not even like, it'll be a real gas, kitten. He goes, it'll be a real gas, kitten. Yeah, Please like, come. It, yeah, it's, it's like super like weak. Yeah, it's delivered strange, too. It didn't yeah. feel natural at all. It seemed like he rehearsed it, like the character. Richie Valens, if he delivered it in that way, he thought about it in his bedroom for hours before he actually said it to her. It just was, oh no, oh, like you're embarrassed. For yeah, him. like don't. It's kind of like man. George McFly going up to Lorraine in the in the diner. My density, density has popped me to you. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you're friends with Calvin Klein, but yes, I'm George. George, George McFly. McFly. Your density. I mean your destiny. I mean your destiny. But like, all right. So before before we leave this this little this little quick thing, dude, LDP can fucking jump. Did you see like how, when she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely go. And he wrote her, he gave her the uh, address or whatever. And then she walks in, and he's so excited, he jumps up and hits the tree. Dude, get some air under him. Like, dude's in shape. And I kind of feel Is like the quick- really the real Richie Valens. Nah, nah. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think pudgy little Richie Valens could do that. But LDP, who like has a nice little tight little butt right there, he could get the. He you get had always been saying that. You, I have always butt. said that. He got me in uh, Young Guns. So yeah, after that scene, we get to see that he this now he's at the Silhouette Show. It's like a garage show. Yeah, where um, we get to see the the top of their bassist's head because he's balding more than I am. And Rudy really, is bumming people out. Too. Yeah, he bums he, me. He's off. I can key. sing better than him. He's off key. It's brutal. Um, the songs they're singing suck. And then when he was started doing that, like experimental scream shit, like it, 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 it you know what it was? It was Yoko Ono. Oh my God. The Chuck Berry video. Yes. Yes. yes that one. Yes. Watch Yoko Ono, Chuck <laughs> Berry. Just Google that. And you guys will all enjoy yourselves, but they cut her mic. Yeah. And Chuck Berry looks at her and goes, what the fuck? You see his, <laughs> eye, his eyes bulge. So fucking funny. People can find that on YouTube, but Rudy is very much artistically similar to Yoko Ono as well. No, he, he can play sax. Yeah, I'm not going to knock sax. his sax playing. Vocally. Vocally. Dude. Because he's doing some real crazy primal screaming there off key that is not cool even in the 50s. It didn't make sense for the music they're playing. It sucked. And after we saw Richie's tryout, we know Richie's got like his song. It'd be so much of a banger if... Rudy wasn't threatened by Richie's existence because he knows that like he he just basically hired John Paul and George and he's Ringo as his fucking guitarist and he's Ringo over there being like I can't let anyone hear that there's an actual talented singer songwriter in my band so I'm just going to get up here and eat shit this whole garage show yeah and Richie was bummed his mom was at the show sitting out in the car and so was Bob they were just waiting to hear Richie and he's just sitting there playing guitar, looking bummed as fuck. Like, oh man, this is what isn't what I had hoped. What was the deal with Connie? Was she going to fight him? 
Like, like who? The, uh, like, she looked like she was about ready to fight Rudy? fucking Rudy. Yeah. Because she, yeah. She, that was her baby. She's and like, she wanted him to play. She wanted well, to hear her baby sing. I understand That's that. That's why she but, showed up. Yeah, but at, at the same time, it's not your deal. Like, if my mom would have done anything like that, I'd be like, back up. Fuck off. Yeah, it's protect, protective, you know, supportive mother. I mean, it's, that's not the first time that kind of character has been seen in it. Yeah. You know, and that's something thing. we know of this character, that she is all about her Richie. She loves her Richie. But what about Bob? To the point where it does feel like there's a little bit of, like, she almost wants Bob to know she has a favorite. <laughs> there was, as I was watching some of this, uh, my wife was kind of in and out, but there were just some scenes where I was really joking around about, like, boy, she really wants to know who her favorite is, which we'll get into later. Yep. Like after this scene, we do see that he, that night, he has another one of those fucking mysterious nightmares. Okay. Yeah. And when sorry. he wakes up, Bob is in his room. And oh, yeah, I missed that. And he starts being like, that's where he kind of brings up Steve, Richie's dad, and what a great guy he was. Right. And how he really looked up to him, babbling in Richie's room. So a drunk man's words are sometimes his honest thoughts or whatever. Well, however that saying goes. Right. And, and we so get- this has, you know, this shit is on his mind a lot. This, yeah. This relationship with the father that wasn't his or whatever. Well, we also get another uh, person that um, thinks that LDP has a great ass. Uh, I've got the quote if you want it. Go for it. You better keep your ass to the wall. I'm so messed up. I don't, I might mistake you for Rosie. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just me. It's not just me. I did see I did see that. And I immediately thought of Andy's longtime love for LDP's ass. I it, thought it was it, funny because it's... You can bounce a quarter there's, off There's that not shit, a lot of man. comedy in this movie. And there that line is pretty I'm, funny. Well, I'm trying. Yeah. And then he goes on to be asking Richie about like... Has, if he's been laid yet and talking about hard ons and shit, I'm like, this is getting kind of funny for a yeah, minute. Yeah, you know? yeah. But that's also that kind of levity of like, this is his older brother who's just yeah. like, yes. you know what you need, kid? Like, you've, have you have you gotten laid yet? Have you been laid yet? Have you, have you, uh, you know, have you, uh, have either of you guys? Have you taken the bite from the apple? <sighs> I, I'm still a virgin. Same. Yeah, me I too. have a kid which is just weird. My wife is frustrated. My daughter's confused. It's a weird <laughs> thing for all of us. I, I'm going to be 43 in a few months and I am still a virgin. I know that's what this originally, this was the virgins club, but yeah. we just turned it into yeah, a movie. Just, yeah. We just started talking about movies. <laughs> um, but so then we go, so then we go to the bar, like where he plays that buddy Holly song. And so we got a song from love at Texas. You know, I, I love that buddy Holly song. All my love. All my kisses. You don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. Oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Oh, I, I liked Bob singing the backups as he's oh, playing yeah. drums too. That was funny. Yeah, and for someone who can't play, he did the right thing. Yeah, kick, just kick. And then snare, he had the kick. snare and the hi hat on the on that on that downbeat you're, there. Just that's fine. That's Perfect. All you, you need time. To do. You can't play drums. Don't try. Before they go in there, we get a good quote from Bob. Okay. What are you gonna play? Boney Maroney to these shit stompers. What is Boney? Oh yeah, I, did, I, did, I, did, I don't know what Boney Maroney is. Right? It's like, a I know a girl named Boney Maroney. She's as thin as a stick of macaroni. It's an old hit from the fifties. Hey, never 50s heard that song. song. Well, I've you didn't listen that. to oldies ninety five. Or have you ever watched Christine, the movie Christine? It's in that soundtrack too. I uh, see. Like, like I, don't, I don't remember it as well as that. But but so all right so. Um, when they're sitting there at the kitchen table afterwards, we're still, yeah, we're still there. Um, yeah, this is where I wrote that Richie had a pointy mouth at that American uh, Legion show. Oh yeah. But so we're sitting, they're sitting there at the kitchen table, uh, in the morning and Bob's 
banging on the beer and he's having himself a beer in the morning, which yeah, is right after the show. His family is stoked. Breakfast beers. Don't have a problem with it or whatever, but he's like, Oh, we're going to play the bars and do all this stuff. Like he's, you know, he's thinking about it. He's like, and then we get this, um, uh, Richie goes, ah, my music. That's all I care about. Like where it's still like, he is just so dramatic over it. Like he's like, he, all he has to do is be like, yeah, dude, they like, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like we can do that. That'll be that. like his brother's on this high. Let his brother have this high dude. Just let him have well, it. Th- this is like where we see hope because he thinks the flyers yeah. that they're making suck and he can do better. And yeah. he starts and he draws a pretty mean Yo, flyer. Bob's post, his show posters are kind of sick. Actually. Yeah, kind of yeah. sick. Because he draws a pretty mean flyer. Even for now they would work. Yeah. yeah. And when that's the thing. So then that gives him kind of passion of like, he's finding the place where he can fit in with his brother. And, you know, and obviously that's foreshadowing to later, you know, Bob and maybe trying to find something for himself. Yeah. Like Richie has found well, like and kind then, of an outlet, you know, a, a healthy spot to put all that shit. If more people understood that a lot of that shit that people go through and that they feel, if you can find an outlet to put that shit like Richie did, God damn it. Yeah. No shit. Who knows? But, Who knows what you can do? So then like, um, Richie says something to him about like, you know, uh, you know, what about you? You worry about Rosie type of thing like that. Like you worry about Rosie and the baby and stuff like that. Like, but then he goes, then Bob has another, we, we have just these horrible fucking fifties quotes. I'm flying this coop. I'm flying this coop. Seriously. Yeah. But you have to realize that in the fifties, nobody said I'm out. Nobody no, said, I get it. I get it. I get it. No, it's just, could have said like, all like right, language I'm, changes, I'm gone. you know, I like, like, but it's just like, Jesus Christ. I don't think, I don't even think it's like what he said. I just think it's the way that the actors it are. Feels, it feels, it feels forced. Yes. It feels a little yes. weird <laughs> Yeah, coming out, but, um, but yeah, he plays this gig. Bob plays the drums, but the, that's the one thing we hadn't talked about is this country bar is fucking in. Like everyone was like, yeah. Oh, this rules. Like yeah. people are dancing. Like he really had it. And that's why Bob the next day, it was seeing, like everyone song. just like jamming. Everyone's so excited. Yeah, but he like he you know he killed it in his hometown. That's what he needed to build his confidence. And then when his mom's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you this show," and she she books the show at the American Legion, and yep. that's when Rudy's just like, "Wait, you they don't let us in there. We book shows. Yeah, you know, like you don't fucking handle that." He's like, "Well, we got the gig," and then he's like, "Well, we're not playing it," and the whole band's like, "I mean, we'll fucking play it." And then the rest is history. How about did you guys notice the house? God damn it! <laughs> don't do God this. God damn it! Didn't it look like it was in another movie? <laughs> Turns out it wasn't. So, <laughs> uh, how about the brawl? Yeah, yeah, the brawl. The brawl. Let's talk about that brawl. Did you guys notice the galloping goose jacket? No. no. Galloping goose uh, motorcycle club. No. No. That's a that's a real motorcycle club. That's like, uh, they were like a big big deal. I mean, they still are. I think they have. Do you think Bob was in it? Bob's wearing uh yeah. So maybe he was in it in real life. He could have been yeah. But huh. I just I didn't know they existed that far back. Okay. Um, well, this is the late fifties. So, uh, wait, what? That's when this takes place. That makes me so mad. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm joking. Sorry, shot. He's so annoyed at me right now. <laughs> Jason, you see this fucking guy over here? <laughs> oh, constantly. Uh, but they have, they have chapters like all over, including like, I don't know if I should say this, but Kansas city. Oh shit. Yeah. So, okay. but they're like, I mean, they're like a big, deal like the hell's angels was a big okay. deal like well, these guys yeah. are like a i see like i, I don't just, know anything about like how they what they do or if they're like good or bad but they they exist well mad respect either way yeah i do have in this scene um 
Donna actually showed up to the show and she's just like, oh, yeah. damn. Dude, oh, she damn. was all about it. how that dick tastes, though. She's into it. Yeah. She's liking what she sees. Well, and then he does, a, he does a little Elvis hip waggle thing and she's just like, oh, all the girls are like going. Yeah, because yeah. that's another thing because all the other girls are like, damn, yeah, look at him being a knows. rock star. And she's like, oh, yeah, now I like him. Now, now fuck my dad. Now yeah. Richie's cool. You know, Donna, I ain't buying it. Whatever. I ain't doing it. But yeah, then Bob comes in. Fucking has to be Bob. Fucking Him and his Bob. friends picking fights, starting shit. And I did write down that the band played on. That's that's some professional shit. And the band played did you, on. Did you guys notice that Bob was wearing a Galloping Goose motorcycle club jacket or cut? No, but I think they exist in Kansas City. They have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> right. You guys ready for scene three? About yeah, I think we are. Time an hour later. No, man. With editing, it just went <laughs> seamlessly from scene two to me what, saying, "Are what, you guys ready for scene three? What have we done since? In real time, what have we done since the end of scene two? We took a break. Yeah, I've got more drinks. A full beer. Bathroom. <laughs> J- got Jason, whatever your name is, uh, drink a full beer, and then we talked for like half an hour about ice cream and donuts and fats and proteins and. Cakes, sodas. Turkeys. Yeah. You guys, hey, you guys Shit wanted to say fuck juice. this and go get some ice cream? Dude. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. want to put on pigtail wigs and skip down the sidewalk and go get ice cream holding hands? Yes. 100%. With pink dresses. Down. I have three of Get yourself some pink <laughs> dresses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pink dresses and pigtails and friendship. And. Girl. And. Vanilla soft serve and a cake corn. Yeah. A, a kid corn? Cake cone. Cake cone. We, Cord cake. That was a callback. See, we were talking about cake cones for yeah, fucking there, an hour. Yeah, too. there we go. All right. So scene three. <laughs> Five. Five. <laughs> 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 All right. Now that Richie has his music career moving in the right direction, he goes on a drive with Donna in her new convertible. He asks why she has been so distant, and we learn that her father doesn't approve of Richie or his lifestyle. He wants to become official with Donna, and she agrees, even with her father's attempts to stop them. Meanwhile, we see Bob is growing more interested in cultivating his talent for drawing, and Bob Keen from Delphi Records approaches Connie with an artist development offer for Richie. He wants to get him in the studio ASAP, but they aren't interested in his band. Then we see a montage of Richie recording vocal tracks with Bob Keen at a small studio. His relationship with Donna is moving forward, and Bob enters and wins an art contest. Things are starting to look up. Then we finally get an explanation for the mysterious reoccurring nightmare. When Richie was a young boy, two planes glided above his school during recess, and his best friend was crushed by the wreckage. Richie was at his grandfather's funeral that day, otherwise he probably would have been killed too. But he cheated death from a crashing plane, so... Richie was destined to be a star, and stars don't fall from the sky, right guys? No, they don't. Foreshadowing! (laughs) Anyway, we also learned that Bob is still feeling empty after winning his art contest, and he and Rosie are still in constant battle. But the good news is Delphi Records wants Richie to sign a record contract and record at Gold Star Studios in Hollywood. What? After 60 takes, Richie finally gets his first single recorded. He also gets a new stage name, Richie Valens. Put a T in Richie and drop the Zuela 
and end it with an S. Richie Valens. The whitewashing of his name. Jesus. Yeah. What a nice ethnically ambiguous name. Perfect for the 50s. Meanwhile, we see a montage where Donna's father is making it harder for the two lovebirds to stay together. And Richie begins promoting his first single on the radio. We see that his popularity is growing, but he still keeps trying to see Donna. A heartbroken Richie begins writing a song for Donna and plays it for her over the phone. She loves it, but her dad is such a dick. If Donna's, Donna's dad. If Donna's dad was a flavor of ice cream, he'd be praline and Dick. All right. So the thing that I was talking about, you know, but from his point of view, he is i I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's he, just trying to make America great. He is just, he, he, you didn't do it with the right accent on that one. Uh, but yeah. racist fuckwad dad belongs in 2023. Doesn't he? Yes, he does. Hey, you know, he's just trying to keep his blood pure. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, 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 listen, I, I'm, just, I, I'm really trying to steal me in their argument here. I, 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 I really do, want to understand. I do have something <laughs> here in a bit. Like, I think when we get to it, but the thing that I was talking about earlier, that is something that you would say that nobody else probably would know about is the artist development deal. Oh yeah. Cause I didn't specifically say that, but here's what I noticed from my knowledge of it. When he, Comes to to talk to Richie. He doesn't offer him a record nope. contract. Yep. He wants to get him in the studio. Yep. That is basically code for being like, I need to see if he has what it takes. Yeah. So I need to get him in the studio and see if he can do it. But uh, more or less. But yeah. So like that, and like they offered him the contract after those sessions. He was in a low budget, just basically kind of a home studio, something makeshift that Bob had set up. Yep. Where he will come and cut demos, which demos are just strictly for his bosses, decision makers, normally in those situations, you know, here's the song we want to work on. And then when they actually record the real track after contracts have been signed and deals have been offered, that would be that gold star studios yep, in, in Hollywood. Hollywood. And that's when you notice that she got real for Richie. Yeah. And that's also how it is. Yeah. Well, no. And so that's why I wanted, I like, I had this plan that I didn't bring this up until now because I thought, you know, it, you have a better idea of all this stuff that he's kind of going through because you got, you have, you and your band did more of that. So like, I, I wanted your take on like, see like the, like the realism of it. And from what you're saying. Yeah. It, so like, yeah, when he was discovered that, yeah. Which Bob Keen, Started that at label Delphi. So he was like the guy, but getting him in the studio to work, that was almost like an interview because being a professional musician on that level, you have to practice every day. Yeah. It becomes a job. You see that in that scene, which was kind of cool where his first thing was just more of a laid back kind of cutting a demo version of his yeah. shit. But then when he actually signed and went and was just cutting that vocal track over and over 60 and takes. over yep. because he wanted it to get it perfect. I, I thought that was kind of cool to see that even back then, that's kind of the way, you know, they would do things is like the demo process is separate from the yeah. signing and then actually making the record or whatever. Yeah. Like getting well, in even the sometimes when you're already on a label and, and have a contract pre-production you're still demos. There's yes. like demos, you, do that, you know, you do like we got to hear, we got to hear what you're working yeah, on. You record all the new songs, maybe live in a studio or something. You won't spend all the time doing yeah. separate track. He was just going to hire dudes with chops, especially back then. They just wanted to hire 
the voice. Exactly. And that's what, that's and that what, was what pop music was, even in rock and roll back then. But you'd never see him actually playing his instruments in, in the studio. He's a, he, other, other than that demo. He probably didn't even record his own I, guitar tracks. I don't, I, I'm Beach only Boys saying didn't. that from assuming, but he probably, the probably they did lay everything with session players. Yeah. The Beach Boys never played there. Like, and, and, and it's first. not that they never played, but no, a, no, lot like a lot of times the wrecking crew was yeah. playing on. on yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Most times it's the session guys would lay all the tracks yeah. because it was very efficient. It was. And, and when they didn't have the quote artist in the studio and the producer could work with session guys, yeah, they could just nail the track out and have it done. Decisions made, which is what they wanted. And most then they just bring cases. in the vocal tracks. And then they, yeah, they bring in. The hey, vocal. we changed, we changed this verse over this way. We, we like added this yeah. bridge here and need you to do this part now. Yeah. Like, that type of stuff. They would rework the songs. Especially back then when you're making a pop star. It, yeah. They, the pop star needs to be able to sell the vocal. But also, when they're a star, they have a look. They have a charisma that is going to sell the, the record. It's going right. to sell the artist. Yeah. Everybody's making money as long as that person can nail it. And, and when then, you're a record label, that's artists. what you want. You don't care yeah. about the chemistry of a band or anything. You no. want to make money. Yeah. Correct. That's, like, that, that's sometimes why, in certain <clears throat> cases, like maybe a Grateful Dead or something, where like, and that's just an extreme example where the chemistry and the jam of the band of the musicianship is kind of part of right. built into the fanship. But Britney Spears don't give a fuck. Like they're her fans, Britney Spears fans don't give a fuck who's playing drums on the next tour. So we first, like we first see this scene in the scene. This is when uh, he's walking in over to his house, you know, and Don pulls up. Did you notice that's the first uh, scene that we see Richie smoking? You're getting way ahead in this scene. No, uh, not. Yeah. I have that at the very beginning where uh, now Richie he's walking has in front of his house and Donna pulls up in the yeah. convertible. Yeah. And like picks him up and she goes, do you live here? And it says Valenzuela on the mailbox. No, I brought that up too. But him smoking. Oh, was he smoking in that scene? Yeah, he was smoking. Okay, I didn't, I didn't notice, that. notice that. Yeah, That's he, interesting. I, the, because like, later on you see him smoking because it's stuck in his guitar. Right. Yeah. Whenever he's riding And Donna. as the anti-smoking podcast. I did notice that. I did the now that you said that. official anti-smoking podcast. I was very upset with Richie smoking. Well, and so th- this is the, like it as was the fifties. Fucking gross. He's, I think it might have been prescribed back. Then. Well, I hope. I I just hope he for his like the longevity of his career. I hope he doesn't smoke too much longer. Yeah, you want that he, voice to sound great. We want him like when Richie gets into his fifties. We want him to still have that good voice. Yeah, because on, but here's the problem though. You know, kind of on Stroud's page, anti-smoking. You know, if he's going to be a smoker, then his lungs might be more vulnerable in the winter, getting sick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you're going to be like, so prima Donna, I'm sick. I need to like fucking fly to that gig instead, instead of, of getting on the bus. bus. Yeah. You so know? I mean like, well, like let's just hope that in, for Richie in the future, he stops smoking here soon. I think at this point in 2023, he's no longer a smoker. Okay. That's good. I'm glad he so, quit. Uh, I, I got think, one. I got one thing at the beginning of this. I think scene. February 3rd, 1959, he smoked a whole <laughs> lot. <laughs> anyway, so, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's uh, too you soon. Ruined it. Too you soon? ruined it. Too no. soon. Um, but no, see, so like, how would oh, how would she have God. not? How so, would Donna have not known? Because it says very, very large, Valenzuela. I know his, that's and she's like, you live here, and he's like, no, well, I live like, down the street. She's probably like, okay, okay dude. <laughs> and she goes, well, let me take you home. He's like, how about we go for a drive instead? I'm like. Oh man, she just like, knows, dude. She knows. And then you're not fooling anyone, man. Well, and then and then uh he's being so shitty to her in the car about like why like why haven't you been around? Like my dad wants you like it's the fifties, you're Hispanic. You can't say that that's a but new But from feeling. his point of view, that I that was funny and blunt. I get it. <laughs> hey, 
you're Hispanic in the 50s. She's a white girl. Her <laughs> yeah, dad's, her dad's racist. not going to like you. Yeah, her dad's racist. This is the way things were. But <clears throat> from his point of view, he's like, yo, I'm kind of a bad motherfucker. Yeah. And like, you're blowing it. Right. That's the way it ta- you take it. Shit's happening. And I like you. On I me. like you. Like, right. You like, should be so lucky. Like that, you know, especially in the 50s, like to be like a Hispanic? rock and roll guy on TV and have, you know, if you're like Ed Sullivan status, which he's not, he would have been this, in this moment. He would have been, uh, you know, or at least maybe that's, he was already like on the radio. People yeah. knew his name, especially in his hometown. He was like Did, the shit, you know, like, I don't know. That's, I think he kind of felt like he deserved a little bit more of a, t- like he had earned it. Yeah. Wait. From his point of view. And uh, he's like, well, basically, fuck your dad. I'm a badass and I want you to be my girl. And she's like, okay, okay. Can we order lunch first? Yeah. Okay. Do you love Kung Fu? All that shit. I love She's into Kung it. Fu. Right. Yeah. Uh, big thing, big moment for me in this scene in the beginning of it was, was when he actually, this is when we find out that his grandfather basically saved yes. his life. Yep. Yep. Because I died. He had, yeah, he died. Richie had to go to his, his fucking funeral. That's the day that the planes crashed above the school. Pacoima junior high. And this is like, we start to see like we get little glimpses and just little nuggets of like all of the crazy aspects to his eventual death. Yeah. Like all of the ironies and and the coincidences and the fucking crazy shit that all adds up to his eventual death. Yeah. But we just get little bits of it so far. Yeah. So, well, and that caught, did you, okay. So it was the plane crash was between a military jet and a Douglas aircraft and it caused $10 million in lawsuits, which would be $7 billion today. How many people did it kill? Three. One little boy and two pilots. No, well, three people on the ground and then the people in in, in the, so. Also, one of the planes, I believe, was the same type of plane that he ended up dying yeah, in. I, I don't know. I think it was a Douglas same aircraft. Model. I have a feeling the character Lou Diamond Phillips plays of Richie Valens is more scared of flying than the real Richie Valens. But I think in real life, Richie Valens had some fears of flying like anybody would. Well, but he gets on planes. I mean, he, you know, yeah, because it's like, one of those things. But I just... And he, he and he had this issue, you know, this plane crashes above the school. That's pretty fucking scary. All of these things. But I, I don't think it was as big of a deal. I think they used it for foreshadowing yeah, in the I, story. I, I think, I but think maybe it was. I don't, I don't know. think. It, well, well he, if you read about it, they talk. It's like he so, had to be convinced to get on a plane. Well, it's, but it's he, he played, he that. played like, shows like, in uh, Hawaii. Like <clears throat> he didn't take a boat out to Hawaii. That's, that's no, a, but I mean, it's shown in the movie that he takes planes. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. But if, but it's after they've talked him into it. Yes. You've had to convince him. And that's yes. how, right. according to the to real life accounts, that's how it really was. Uh, but can we, did you guys notice how much Bob likes uh, picking up trash? He's so happy doing that in the studio stuff. He's throwing the crater around, finds Woody Woodpecker. I do like how he says like Woody Woodpecker. Ass. And what does he say? Like he calls uh, it. But, uh, bugs, but, or something buzzard. Buzzard uh, Bugs Buzzard or something yeah. like that. So, no, yeah, he does like mispronounce no, a character's no, 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 name. It I was, thought it was funny. I think there was a Buzzard thing because Woody Woodpecker was not the same studio. It was not Warner Brothers. So he they wouldn't have had Bugs Bunny. Well, he found those art cells. Right. Because he was picking up, obviously, from a studio lot that does like animation yeah. or some shit. And uh, that like inspired him. You know, he, he 
saw some of these cells and he's like, fuck, I'm going to try this. He went to the NRO art contest. We're like seeing Bob, like he's doing something. Starting to shine. But shit is still not good with him and Rosie because he's just not taking care of her. He doesn't meet any of her needs. You know, whatever those were, because we don't really see that. We just see that he is just not like the most attentive man to it's almost like he has like to a, his woman. He had like a tragic like childhood or something. I don't know. Did you guys notice the food at Connie's diner? Man, it looked good. But um, all right. So then they, then he's in the studio, right? Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips or uh, was it whatever? Richie Valens does the um, thing of. He gets his mouth pointy and sings. Yeah, he gets his mouth pointy and sings, but he goes. I, f- I hope other viewers know what I'm talking about because I, I now I feel insane because you guys are like, I still don't. I don't fucking. But don't. there's something about his mouth. Blue Diamond Phillips' mouth never looks like that ever, except for if he's singing, playing Richie Valens. Well, every, God damn it. It's just pointy I mean, and weird. It's I don't know. not, it's just not, I don't know. I, I fucking don't. You know what? Well, we brought. I don't know the, the, scene, that, the, scene, don't know. the scene that we looked up on YouTube. He didn't really do it that much. He didn't. But maybe he does it in yeah, an earlier scene. Maybe. In that earlier scene when he plays with his brother playing drums, that's where I wrote down that his mouth but, is pointy. Well, I, obviously, but shit, I don't right fucking know. To me, even in my memories, just everything's really pointy. Maybe well, you were high. So I wasn't. I wasn't really going like with the whole thing. It's I was so saying, possible. Like right at the very beginning, he's like, "Oh, I can't use the band." He's like, "Oh, I." You know, he's like, what's more important, your band or your music? And he's like, my family. Like, all right, that was the first, that was the start of the, uh, that would be a good example of like, that was a total bullshit line from Hollywood to advance the story because they needed to show that his character wasn't being a selfish asshole when he left the band. Right. To pursue. Nobody would think that. I mean, that everybody. Exactly. Well, to get the nuance, to not have to explain the nuance, just make it be like, yeah, but like, and so the whole thing, like, I, the, I wrote down, I didn't think of it from that, from that point of view. I wrote down there is a few seconds of conflict that didn't need to be there. So when you guys are giving me bullshit about like having a concise thing with the whole a, uh, VFW or whatever the fuck they were um, at, like, they didn't need to have that conflict in there. They didn't, uh, they didn't need why to. Why he left the silhouettes? Yeah. They didn't sure. No, they, didn't, they didn't need to. Because then that would have been left open. Like, but he's already, him and his band performed, but. His band didn't get signed. He did. Right. No, but as a solo artist. And, and I get that, but they, they didn't need to put it in there because he's done things on his own in this movie already. That has already been established. He did that, that bar scene. He played at the bar by himself with, uh, but that's how all musicians ever are. But anybody who's been a front man who like sings and plays hasn't always played so with that I'm, band. All I'm saying is they didn't need to put that conflict in there. It was a cheesy trope. No, my fan, like it was like the most thing, like I just think it was a cheesy trope. I kind of disagree. It. Cause it just, it shows that's something that all artists have to deal with. If they're approached by a major label and they don't want the band, they only want the artist. That's actually, that's real shit. I get it. No, it's something know. that really does happen. Yeah. Well, you guys sometimes don't they Britney's, don't, you guys they don't want the whole band. They only want so-and-so and so-and-so and, um, that shit really does happen. I know. And you guys like, don't remember Britney Spears and the Bricklayers? Like that was a real band. Then she left them <laughs> to do her own thing. Oh yeah, the the Bricklayers though. They were they're still killing. How it. about that synth player though, dude? That guitar. Yeah, and the trombone. I mean, was elegant. And was, the French horn was probably my favorite. But like 
Getting back. <laughs> that one dude, though, that always breaks the strings on the harp because he plays the harp too hard. Yeah. No. And then, like, he does that weird tuning thing. Like, and then it's like, going to be those, cool. And those snap. strings can, like, fucking cut your face. Dude, those, things are, those things are taut, bro. And I heard he has two backups. What? Could you imagine the space in their trailer? Do <laughs> you think those guys can load a trailer like Tetris? <laughs> no. No, they have to have a crew. You have to have a passion for it. But yeah. So, yeah, that was. Uh, I think I think it was a throwaway line, whatever. Uh, and then I don't really I don't like the song. I that was my least favorite song, the one that he recorded there, the in the demo. Which one trailer. was that? Um, You're Is my come- girl, like the one that's the very like overly possessive and like. Um, <laughs> You're my girl. Um, Stay in the kitchen, never yeah, she leave like that. home. Um, oh, I can't remember what like. If another man looks at you, it I, is your, your fault. fault. Slap. Yeah. <laughs> The fifties, man, make America great yeah. again, right, guys? Maga. But yeah, so like, <laughs> Trout. Thanks for cheering me, Trout. Yep. I don't know. I guess it's just age like milk type of thing like that. But it's just I don't I don't like that song. I've never liked that song of his. I can't remember what it's called. I'm not a huge fan of O'Donna. It it's that's a fifties progression song. Totally. But here's the thing. This totally is going to sound Andy. But you know what bothers me Fuck about you. O'Donna? Is he when he says, "Oh Donna, where can you be?" I I hate it. Oh, I hate that it. like don't they going up? No, it's just too many syllables. And where can you be? Is like you're looking for a dog. <laughs> it's just where can you be? I don't like it. It seems it seems like Clifford, the, Clifford the red dog why got that, lost. Is, why is that so Andy? I don't Fuck know. You. Is, why is that so Andy? What like what are you talking about? I'm talking about how you'll be like, you know what? The drink was in his left hand <laughs> and on the camera. Anyway, and it was in his right. You know, it's like some obscure bullshit. And that's what I mean. It's like the reason I don't like this seems like a small, insignificant thing, but for whatever reason, it bothers me. All right. All right. I like, see you. Where can you be? I don't like it. And that, yeah, that, it, that's your original lyric. It's like the thing that we, we, won't, we won't talk about, but band I used to play in in high school. Where just you you write throwaway lyrics, but you're gonna come back and eventually you're gonna write real lyrics to put there, right? You're just getting the melody with those throwaway <laughs> lyrics. So I feel like he should have came back and used his uh his skills of songwriting to turn that line melodically in the right amount of syllables into something a little more special than where can you be? I don't know why. I do not know. It's just that one little spot where I'm like. I don't like it oh. for whatever reason it bothers me. And every time I would hear it, it'd be like, no, nope, I don't like that. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually don't. I don't even have a suggestion off the top of my head, but I feel like you could come up with something. So I feel like, like you could. Hell so, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is where we get the line. The stars don't fall from the sky, right? From them. But they do blow the fuck up when they uh, like, just like planes do when they hit the ground. Whoa, foreshadow. Whoa, whoa. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, he talks about that, but I'm (laughs) I'm just just saying that's what happens. Like, they are, they like stars blow the fuck up and planes do too. I'm just like when the planes hit, dude. You need to be less like you need to be more sensitive to this. I'm trying to make this thing funny. (laughs) Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, but that's not funny though. Did you know that? Bob's kids listen to this, bro. What? Just kidding. They're in Pacoima going, I fucking love this podcast. And so the scene, that scene ends apparently whenever Bob notices 
Richie Seems like my scene is kind of right there yeah. in the phone booth. It was is the weirdest, where the cut happens. Weirdest cut of your scene ever. So going into scene four. After witnessing Richie's heartache, Bob decides to take Richie out for beers, then to a brothel. But this brothel has live music, and Richie is inspired by an old Mexican standard played by the band, La Bamba. While the brothers are bonding, Rosie goes into labor. Honey has to get Rosie to the hospital. The brothers had let the family down. Richie wakes up with a new tattoo after a long night of drinking with Bob. He is in Tijuana in a strange tent filled with desert taxidermy. Bob had been coming to this place for spiritual guidance for years. An old, possibly wise man cooks the brothers a snake for breakfast and offers sage advice before giving Richie a special talisman to help with his nightmares and to keep him safe. The brothers arrive home to the news of baby Brenda and an angry Connie. And we see Richie recording his new song, O'Donna, and discussing upcoming tour dates with Bob Keane. He would need to fly to some of the dates, but Richie refuses to fly. Richie also insists that his version of La Bamba should be the B-side to O'Donnell. Now that Richie is going to tour nationally, Bob Keane makes one more attempt to bribe Richie with a new convertible, but he has to fly to American Bandstand in Philadelphia. Richie finally agrees. Meanwhile, Bob's jealousy, depression, and drinking are really taking a turn for the worse at home. On the flight, Richie shares his fears with Bob Keane about dying in a plane crash. Later at American Bandstand, Richie plays O Donna and kills it. His entire hometown watches on TV, including Donna. Richie makes his return home and picks Donna up from school. He is immediately mobbed for autographs. The two reconnect and Richie buys his mother her dream home. Oh, Richie, you're the you're best. The best. God did, damn it. She, you know she says that in that scene. Oh, Richie, you're the best. And then, like, and then Bob has a like, shit, shit look on his face. Leave it to Beaver status. All right. So I should... I just want to say that TJ is never the answer. Tijuana is never the answer to any question other than what's the worst place in the world. How about all those animals of death in yeah. that dwelling? Yeah, I know, right? I'm still not exactly <laughs> sure what happened in that scene. Uh, well, I can tell you that Richie actually says, yo no speco espanol. I know. Who <laughs> doesn't know how? The first thing that you learn when learning a language is how is how to say, I don't know how to speak it. And your mother is fluent in Spanish. Your father was fluent in Spanish. How do you not know? Yeah, it's no, no, it's no, it's no spricken si espanol. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, no habla Deutsch. So I bet I, it's because it's fucking, it's because it's fucking his dreams, his rock and roll dreams. They're up in the clouds, man. He's not listening to Spanish. Yeah, but we, you don't, we get another Bob nod here too. Yeah, but we not, but we, you, by the I, way, you, Tijuana is never the answer. Tijuana is never the answer. Someone's like, hey, let's go to Tijuana. You're like, nope. I have no There's interest. Nothing, nothing good Here's out Tijuana. Dude, fuck no, it. did you guys notice that we got another nod from Bob when he Ooh. when he rolls up? No. It, well, the but the, the nods weren't as a big of a deal to me. I like it when he would kind of be drunk and get like caricature Mexican guy voice. Oh, I know, right? He almost sounded like, you know, like a, what was the cartoon mouse that would drink? Not Speedy Gonzalez, but like the slow, maybe it was called Slowpoke or something. He would talk like these men, like the one I, I, I just, yeah, I just, but when Bob would get drunk and start complaining and shit, he would get like, re, like his accent would get deep like that. Yeah. He would get and, like real and, essay about it. And it essay did, would get essay. It made me smile. I like that. Did, did you notice the, we got it. We get a good quote. Another good quote from Bob here. You guys have it written down. Uh, I don't have one. Man, you were screw- screwed, blued, and tattooed. Look at that. Well, at least tattooed anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Because we see that he didn't partake in like the brothel side of 
he just walked in and at the lobby, there's all these girls like lined up and you're supposed to pick, but he was just looking at the band like, Oh dude, they're playing. Is that La Bamba? He yeah. hadn't heard it since he was like a kid. Yeah. And didn't he like grab his guitar and he walked up front and he's like trying to figure yeah, out how to play it. And he figures it out. And shit. And his brother's like, dude, there's chicks over here. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But yeah. And that's yeah. actually like where we yeah. see LDP cannot play guitar. Like I've been noticing it. I have, I didn't want to say, like, I don't know why I haven't said anything about it yet, but you know, you're going, you, this is your movie debut. You know that Richie Valens plays a guitar. He did take, take some fuck, take some lessons. He did. I guarantee he did. That's why he they did look, fine. Yeah, it he was looked, definitely passable. No, it was not. He did fine. I mean, it's just because we've seen so much worse. Um, to live is to sleep. To die is to awaken. Uh, uh, so like again, everything is so dramatic with Bob. It's a fucking drama, dude. It is like, but I, there's a there's a difference between a drama and like. Uh, well, like, did you? Did you guys take anything from that? He like woke up in this fuck in Tijuana, and it's like, I just I just wrote that know, old, like that old man is gross. Was his character awesome. supposed to have gained some like wisdom from this or some shit? I I don't know. You were complaining earlier about the story of like he shouldn't have said he left the band. I'm like, does this trip to Tijuana have any real movement to the story? Except for like kind of maybe more. The talisman. That's it. The talisman is the only thing that. Yeah, like, you're well, right. but the the fucking seeing the band play La Bamba inspired him. Right. Right. Yeah, that is true. Was would you no. say that was pre Tijuana that he drug him over to the border after he passed out? No, 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 no. That, or, that, that, no they were in Tijuana. They were in Tijuana, they were in Tijuana the whole yeah. time. Okay. They, they opened, I thought he just woke up there. Do you remember when he goes like, um, "You're gonna but get that some makes tail, sense actually." But like, the, they take the picture of the two of them. It says the chair that they're in says Tijuana right above them. Okay. Shouldn't I should have noticed. Yeah. I guess you just have to look at more than one of my favorite parts of this mouth of this scene is that pointy mouth, man. She had a girl. We named her Brenda. Like, like a baby named Brenda. I thought that was funny. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Mr. Mom. Remember you had a problem with that baby's name. What was that? Megan. Megan. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we named her Brenda and I'm like, Ooh, like I understand that. that Anybody we know named Megan Megan or Brenda were at one time babies named Megan or Brenda, but it's just not, it's a funny thought because it's not a common name. Name my daughter Helen. Yeah. What? Like, no, but uh, again, the way it's nice. You look like a Helen. the, The way that she says it, she had a girl. We named her Brenda. It was like, <laughs> hey, I need to not be here. Now there's a baby <laughs> named Brenda in the other room. I actually, Asshole. I actually like wrote down. And she's an accountant. Like <laughs> already um, came with the name. Uh, we do see them rec- uh, him recording Donna. Uh, it was recorded on December 16th, 1958. Is that is that is. 48 days before February 3rd, for some reason, I looked up that day. Do you know when the American Bandstand uh, uh, date was that he actually played Donna? No. October 6th. Okay. So he did the American Bandstand before he recorded Donna. Ah, and they showed it in reverse order they in the did. movie. See, that would be a, yeah, that'd be one of those things. Yeah. But for the story, they wanted to advance. Yeah. But she saw it on TV before she, saw, she heard it on the radio. No, I'm, Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Because he performed a single and yep. then he actually recorded yep, it. Yep. 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 I just have after that, they made that, that he has a celebration 
Yeah, and uh, fucking Connie with a picture. Now smile like that. Like it's that's another like just dick punch to what? the face. Did you guys know? Uh, did you guys pick out the uh, cameo that we have in this scene? I did Ew. in the in the home movie scene. Yep, I just recognized her. It's uh, Richie's real mother yes. in real life. Concepcion yeah. yep. is sitting on the couch. Yeah, next to uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. And all right, anything else? On four. That's all I got. So scene five. Last one. Taking us home. Richie kicks off some tour dates in Brooklyn, New York at the Paramount Theater for Alan Freed's rock and roll show with several big national acts like Eddie Cochran and Jackie Wilson. Richie blows the roof off the place with his version of La Bamba. Richie then returns home to celebrate Christmas with his family where Bob's bullshit finally comes to a head. When Bob and Richie have a fucking brutal ass fist fight and Richie's magic talisman is ripped off his neck. Later, Donna and Richie drive around and uh, finally share I love yous before Richie has to leave for his winter tour. Later, Richie is playing a gig in Iowa with national acts such as Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. The heat is out in their tour bus and Richie has a nasty cold. Richie calls Bob Keen to bitch about the bus situation then he calls home he speaks to his brother bob the two make up and richie invites bob uh, to join the tour in chicago so they can spend some quality time together but the next show is in fargo north dakota and the headliners have decided to charter a private plane so they could skip the long cold ass bus ride and arrive in fargo to a warm bed tonight with buddy holly and the big bopper occupying two of the seats they had room for one more Richie and Tommy Alsup decided who would go with a coin toss. Heads, Richie wins the toss. What a lucky son of a bitch. The plane takes off. Is that a question? (laughs) The plane (laughs) takes off, but the men never make it to Fargo. The plane went down, killing all three rock stars as well as the pilot. Roger Peterson on February 3rd, 1959, the day the music died. The next morning, the news has hit the, the national airwaves where Richie's family, his hometown, Donna, and his new fans all over the country hear the tragic news. Richie Valens was only eight months into his new musical career and 17 years old. He is laid to rest in San Fernando mission Catholic cemetery in Los Angeles, California. More like la bummer. Am I right guys? Credits roll. Oh, okay. Did, did anybody notice at the, at the show in, in, in Iowa, uh, the cop or security guard at the show. It looked like fucking Clancy Brown. We have another like pretty well-known movie, like not a movie star, but well-known actor who isn't actually in the movie, but they fucking, it's just like the, the uh, Ed O'Neill thing. Who is Clancy Brown? Oh fuck, man. He was all, he was in all kinds of shit. He, he uh, you don't know who Clancy Brown <laughs> Tell him, Shroud. <laughs> Come on, it's all kinds of shit. Yeah, he is. Well, of course I'm drawing. You know, you know he's that fucking. Hey, that'll tell you. <laughs> this guy. Pretty sure he's black. No, he's not. Okay, Clancy um, Brown, man. Clancy Brown was oh, in. Oh, he's the fucking. He's oh, the. Uh, um, he's the bad guy in uh, the Highlander. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Highlander. Yeah. Uh, shoot, shoot to kill. Blue Steel. <laughs> Uh, Pet Cemetery 2, the Shawshank Redemption. He's like the bad guard. 
That's uh, Cemetery 2. Finally, I got Starship <laughs> Troopers. Yeah, Pet Cemetery 2 is great. Well, she said Shawshank Redemption uh, to the bad guard. I'm like, oh, oh finally, yeah. I think I know who the fuck you're yeah, talking about. Come on, about. man. Clancy Brown. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, you don't know who that guy is? Tell him, Stroud. He's in like a fucking hundred movies. <laughs> yeah, duh, guys. Uh, anyways, but so we did get Brian Setzer. Setzer yeah, Setzer. Brian Setzer playing Eddie Cochran, right? Dude, like, and like I went, so I went back and listened to a live uh, playing of Eddie Cochran playing uh, Summertime Blues. Brian Setzer did a damn good job. Fuck yeah. Like, and, and the gravel he has in his throat. Oh, and shit. dude. Love uh, Brian Setzer. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his music, actually, but like, yeah. I respect the shit out of the man. The actor playing that, that was really his voice too, which I don't know if it was like that for all of them. You know what I mean? Are you talking about Brian Setzer? Yeah, Brian Setzer, I think. Yeah, that was it, his real voice. That yeah, was his yeah, real he, voice. He went in, but he also acted the part. Yeah. Did, like, Los Lobos didn't act Richie Valens. You know what I mean? Like, most of the time, we the actor that, we, and we the musician Los, were Los separate people. The Brian, Los Lobos didn't do it at Cochran. <laughs> but those we know that the actors and the musicians yes. were separate people. But yeah. this was kind of cool. Yeah, Brian Setzer came out just, and actually, you know, it, it's his singing voice and him as the actor kind of playing the part. So he like kind of encompassed the role. Yeah, more than some of the other actors had to. And that was probably the sickest performance for me. Yeah, and I like that's I like thought that was like I Summertime was, Blues. That was sick. This movie was one of the things that kind of got me more involved in music. I don't know. It was one of those things that just kind of like hit me in the right way at the right age. Like when I watched it, I was really starting to get into music. And that's like this, that performance, the Brian Setzer one. I didn't know who Brian Setzer was when it came out. But I'm not a huge fan of like his, I respect or, the shit his orchestra or anything, no, but no. Yeah, it, he was just sick in this part. Yeah, he really played yeah. it off. But no, I mean like, like the dude has a storied career, but uh, yeah, yeah. No like disrespect. Like that is, uh, that what I'm saying is like this got me more into music and playing guitar. So, and then we get to see Jackie Wilson. I love that fucking Jackie Wilson song. Yeah, well, the vocal performance is pretty pretty oh. impressive, especially back then. You know, a little more doo wop style, kind of mixing it up with where you know, I love doo wop with rock and roll. I fucking love doo wop. That tour is mixing the two. Yeah, which you know, modern day that'd be you know that's awesome. Like that's what the oldie stations did was mix that old rock and roll and doo wop and. You know, oh, these perfect because it's all the same. It's all the same back to get then. you through your drive home from work. Yeah, but no, um, I have that when he came up to play La Bamba. The only note I have on this scene, um, was him chewing the scenery in the green room. Go on. No, it's when he comes out and he just says, "This is a bit of a rattlesnake." Yeah, and then just fucking kicks into La Bamba. I was like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, for whatever reason, I thought that was cool as fuck. Like. It's a bit of a rattlesnake. Did you guys notice because, at the Christmas party the way he picked up his mom and basically had her tits in his face? Yeah. That was really weird. Yes, yes. I wrote about motorboating mom. <laughs> that, was, that was really <laughs> fucking weird. You, really? Hold on. That was really I, that, fucking weird. I, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I, uh, Bob <laughs> causes a scene over mom's dress because Richie, yeah. was, Richie was like, yo, did you, I sent you money to get mom a dress for Christmas. Did you get it for me? He's like, oh, of course. Why don't you get to fucking dress? You know, freaking out because he's a drunk asshole. And then I put Richie motorboat his mom. He then, picked then. her up, put his face in her chest, and then went. <laughs> <laughs> and he just motorboated his mom. Yeah, you didn't hear the noise? I didn't. I didn't. I'm pretty I didn't sure he did. Pretty sure. If I watched it again, he's. And you could tell the actress playing his mom was like, this isn't how moms. <laughs> Dude, she like this I, isn't relationships. I, I respect. I respect. I respect her. Like, but she. 
I, I, I'm not a fan of her performance in this. My favorite thing she does is actually at the very end of this scene. Um, we will talk about it when we get to the end of the scene. Okay. I don't even know if I wrote it down, but I, know, I think I, it sticks out to me enough. I kind of, right. this is where you start to kind of feel for Bob. Oh yeah. Yep. Like he's an asshole, but also he's like, he feels like nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. He feels like he's nothing. Yeah. 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 I'm glad they made up though. Like that phone call and everything yeah, I, like I, that. I wondered if that was like, if that actually happened, I have a feeling yeah, they like invited him to Chicago. I, I do wonder if that happened. Well, well, I mean like the inviting them to Chicago and the, uh, like, Hey, like we're cool now type of thing. But, uh, because I haven't, I highly doubt it happened that same night. Cause I mean, fuck the irony on that. But, uh, I just, I, like, I have a feeling to condense for time, the producers and everything like that said, we're just going to, you're going to call Bob Keen and bitch about the plus. Then you're going to call your brother. It's all going to happen on February 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. I have but a I, feeling there was probably smaller with fuckery though. Yeah, I did not yeah. confirm that. Yeah. I, but I do, I have the next scene after the, you know, the Christmas party with all that and the motorboating of his mother that they, Bob is drunk again and brings up how he felt left out from Richie's father, Steve and Richie's yeah. relationship. And, um, he's drunk and it turns violent. And they get into a straight up fucking fight because Richie is done with Bob's shit. Well, Bob he is isn't done drunk. with it. Bob isn't drunk. He's not. No, because remember he said all I've had is a uh, sip of this beer and it honestly it tastes like piss. You want it? And, and Ricky's like, I yeah. do remember that, but I just I think yeah, I yeah they said he, he hadn't drank for like two two months or yeah. something or a month. Yeah. Oh, so this is not even alcohol fueled. This is just really his rage. rage inside of him. Yeah, like undealt with trauma. Yeah. The tragic result of unmet needs. Anyway, <laughs> he, he, uh, I felt like this is, um, like, at, you know, the, where he lashes out, he's, he rips off that fucking talisman. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Of. And that's the other, like, foreshadowing omen. Well, now you can't go on tour without your magic fucking thing. But Did you notice that they, that when he calls Bob he, and Bob's he's, there with Brenda, he's like, rattling it. he has the fucking thing. Yeah, he has it. Bob had. I Bob didn't Bob notice that. Yeah. That's cool though. That's he was like he's rattling it over it. the baby. Yeah. yeah. Over, over Brenda. Open the ah, fucking. That makes sense. Dude. I do like, miss shit like that. That's sometimes yeah, why like, I have to watch shit several times. So, but then and then we he's bitching and moaning. First of all, Bob Keen had a full glorious head of hair in real life. I don't know why they made Pantaleano fucking like more bald than he normally was. Yeah, he doesn't wear a hairpiece. Yeah, he doesn't wear wow. a hairpiece. What a legend. But uh, and the then and then and then I'm sorry. Did the big bopper really go around and start saying hello Burba, to everybody? Like I would yeah, be like, probably. shut the fuck up, shut the fuck. If I'm on tour with that guy, shut the fuck up. That yeah, sounds kind of Hollywoody though, where they like had to like sounds like his cornball ass too. Yeah, I just I was just like um like nobody trout. It's a tragedy he passed. Yeah, but um. <laughs> So, and then actually the coin toss, Tommy also like got sick of Richie asking if Richie could take the, take a seat on the plane that night. And he goes, all right, I'll tell, I'll flip you for it. That's it. Like that's yeah, you talking about the real story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little more, it's, it's Tom, a little more fascinating because actually buddy got the seat for him and his, his guitarist, band. Tommy also, and his bass player, Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Waylon fucking Jennings. So that's who the seats are for. And this bus situation was worse than they let on in the movie. 
that shit had broken down. It was like a broken down school bus, like they, kids school bus. Yeah. And yeah. it broken down overnight on one of their travels from before. Cause they were just traveling all over this Midwest with no concern for the right. routing. So they were zigzagging everywhere. Passing they actually towns, had 11 doubling back. It was intense. Buddy Holly's drummer got 11 breakdowns. Buddy Holly's drummer got frostbite because they broke down one night and literally made a fire in the aisles of the bus and like camped in there with a fire. Yeah. Thought they were going to die, like huddled around. Like this wasn't like, oh, their heat went out. Like they make it seem in the movie. No, no, no. The bus broke down with no heat. On a hill in a snowstorm. So that final show in Clear Lake. Who filled in? Was there just no drummer or they filled in? Buddy Holly played drums for Richie. Richie played drums for him. And then somebody, uh, one of them played. Yeah, they like played that's as each other's cool. drummers. I yeah. had no idea. I didn't know yeah. that. That's I read, I read cool. that when I was doing the research. That's, that's a good fact. That, Interesting like, fact. That should have been played up in the movie because that is fucking so cool. But see, I, I think so, I, I can understand why they didn't. But that's what I was getting at is this fucking bus situation was a real problem. So Big Bopper, sick as fuck, coming down with the flu. So Waylon Jennings was just like, yo, man, you can have my seat. Yeah. You're sick. Like yeah. you need that shit. So buddy, now it's buddy. and. Tommy and, and yeah and well and Tommy's still in yeah but now the big bopper buddy and now Tommy and then Richie's sick now yeah he's obviously got the same flu and so he's feeling like shit and he's pressuring Tommy yo man can I get that seat like fucking, yeah can I just go he really wants to do it and another thing is not only were they going to go and get a better night's sleep they were all going to do laundry that's what I was, was going to bring up so they, they also fresh took laundry. all of the tours laundry. Yeah. So all had, the guys from the bus were like, "Yeah, take my laundry." They were gonna, yeah. they were gonna wash clothes for everybody. And yep. the show was not actually in Fargo. They were flying to Fargo and then would have had to drive to Moorhead, Minnesota, where the show actually. Yeah, oh, interesting. So that's where they're gonna land. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then they flew out of Clear Lake, Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. But like, I just thought that was an interesting thing with the laundry. Yeah. But so yeah, when he came up and Tommy also all day had been like, "No, nah, man, you're not getting my seat." Yeah. No, nah, man, you're not getting my seat. And finally, he goes. I'll tell you what, I'll flip you for it because yep. he bothered him one last time. Hey man, can I get that seat? Yeah. Like right before they're leaving. I'll tell you what, I'll flip you for it. So the, the way in the movie, they have buddy Holly going, all right, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Nah, man. He didn't like, actually the really coin toss didn't even happen position. outside. It happened in the, in the yeah, backstage it's, it's, in, the green yeah. in the green room. And, and buddy Holly didn't have anything to do with the decision. It was, yeah. this was between Richie and Tommy. Yeah. And Richie kept hounding him and Tommy finally relented and was like, all right, I'll flip you for it. Yep. And Richie won the toss. Yay, he wins. And then, so now when he has it, and then there was a, a point, so they're getting ready to leave. At one point, Buddy says to Waylon Jennings, he goes, I hope your bus freezes up again. And Waylon goes. And Way- yeah, and Waylon says, I hope your little old plane crashes. Yep. And so for the longest time, Waylon was like, I caused that. Co- they were, but they were fucking with each other, like tongue. Yeah. They were both laughing about it. Like, yeah. That was like the last shit they said. And he was like, for the longest time, I thought I killed him, man. Yeah. And I, I yeah. bummed him out. Um, and it came, it, the, the plane went up and came down like minutes. Like it was only up for minutes. You know what the ultimate theory was in this particular plane with this particular the, pilot, the ult, the ultimate, the altimeter was backwards. was backwards. Yes. So whenever what was backwards, the altimeter, the, uh, thing that shows you how high you are, this thing basically led him to believe when he was pulling up his instrumentation. And this was a blizzard blackout, his instrumentation from his he thought it was telling him he was going down, but the, whatever reading from what he was used to in his previous planes, this shit, this reading was backwards. The altimeter or whatever the altimeter, he's saying. Yeah. So in a blackout in a blizzard, he's following these instruments and it's like basically telling him you need to, 
he's doing a nosedive, believing that that's pulling up because it's blackout. You have yep. no orientation. So they hit that fucking, they hit the ground at a hundred and 170 miles an hour. Yeah. So he didn't try. And there was no signs of like defects or anything. So it just seems like he ran aground assuming he, had, he was pulling up. He had been flying for eight months, 700 something hours. He was hours. like 21 years old or something. He was yeah. a young pilot. Yeah. So the, like they not blaming everything on him, but I mean, no, blaming it was everything just, on him. Like, yeah, that, that was <clears throat> like inexperience and those yeah. sort of conditions. Cause most pilots would be like, yo, like, I mean, it sucks to fly in a blizzard and weather, but like you can fly in it. Like I mean, fuck crash. What? With yeah. like, Three super famous people on board. How about the, the most f- famous? The first coin toss that he ever won in his life. Which and, and it got him on the plane. That I feel like would there's be no coffin. way that's true. Yeah, statistically, statistically, yeah, statistically, you only had maybe a few coin tosses max. If that's true, I mean, that's just weird. I mean, statistically, like that means like he, that was the only the second one he's ever had, or the first, <laughs> or the first thing, the first thing he ever won. That you don't know that. I mean, it's possible that somebody just always loses coin tosses. Statistically, I that's always impossible. lose the lottery. I mean, yeah, so it what? is possible. Statistically, though, statistically, that's that's impossible. I mean, impossible. statistically, though, <laughs> is what we're trying to say, though. And yeah, yeah you, you never know? win the lottery because there's 427 million chances for you to win the lottery. It's one of so. Plus. This is the day the music <laughs> died. died. And I was singing. No, okay. I didn't want to go that far into it. Come on. Come on. It's like, no, we can't start a fucking all It's a fucking forest. like 12 minute song. Yeah. Uh, the news Good of the crash. When everybody's team. listening to the, the radio and finding out, it's like heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a brutal scene. I have eight months into his career, 17 years old. Fuck. Tragic ending. I kind of got misty eyed. And then when his brother bought, when Rob goes, Richie, and then it rolls credits. You know what? You know oh, what I did. Yeah. You know what I did at that point. It's like then it, book, it bookends uh, with that same instrumental track again. Yeah. Then that's cool. Boom, 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 boom. It's so sick. Eight months into his career, fucking tragic, dude. It was brutal. Even at the end, there's no way to like happily ever after that story. I mean, they show a funeral procession. Yeah. To you know, anyways. So, were you guys ready to rate this shit? Ready. All right. Um, let's start with Shroud. Um, I would say this is absolutely at minimum a a must watch. Okay, so not a buy. Uh, no, I'm saying at minimum. So it's definitely not a not watch. Don't. It's definitely not a don't watch. Okay. Uh, historical pieces like this don't always have the rewatch value instead being kind of a one and done sort of thing. Uh, but I would watch this again. I don't know that I would buy it. So I am a watch. Okay. I think that's an interesting take because I'm at the same, I'm kind of in that same category is again, I love biopics, especially music ones. I don't even have to love the artist, but I'm always fascinated in the story and there is a certain thing where it kind of brings me back. I was a young man when this stuff came out. I was like five years old, little, little man. I think it's a fascinating story. And there's not so much fuckery that it's unwatchable. Like um, because of all the fun music, I definitely say watch it. Okay. We are not unanimous on this one tonight. I say buy this one. Like I, I, I fuck it. Like not 
The dude that played Buddy Holly, we did, we didn't even mention him. Like he he looked really good. I like, did like yeah, the look was and cool. like and he he looked like he actually played Jackie Wilson, Brian Setzer, like all of them. Like even and though that, Lou Diamond Phillips and his razor uh, for a mouth, like like didn't do the greatest job, but like I think I think it was great. I this got this inspired me. I'm saying buy it as in like a nostalgia point on that. So so we got two watches and a buy, and now. Hollywood's calling. Boy, I am not excited about this one at all. All right. We're going to, because Jason takes forever on this fucking recast. Nope. We're, we're going to send him to the last. It'll be easier for the edit. So I'm going to go first on this one. I never go first. I don't have anything up my sleeve on this one. Uh, I just, uh, we again have to look at fucking kids or teenagers for this. I didn't do that exactly. Anthony Gonzalez. He was the voice of Miguel and in Coco. So he's an actual musician. He knows how to play. He would actually look better playing it. So then going to S.A. Morales, uh, Bob Morales. uh, I did Edward Franco. He's the uh, stoner kid from Stranger Things, like the last season. You know him? Like He's awesome. (laughs) You always mine from these couple of places. Because like, like that kid rules. Like you, you see it. Watch that. He's fucking. Listen, rules. I've got no complaints. I'm All right, so happy. Connie Valenzuela, uh, played by Rosie DeSoto, uh, Marina Becarin, then Rosie Morales, Elizabeth, played by Elizabeth Pena, uh, the younger one, Jenna Ortega. You guys have to know her, right? Donna Ludwig, played by Danielle von Zernick. Like how German is our fucking name? Um, Sabrina Carpenter. She was a Disney Channel kid, uh, and then Bob Keen. Played by Joe Pants, uh, Joey Pants, Ryan Reynolds. I was at that point. I was like, "Fuck it, I don't care." Like I have, like I have no weight in any of this. Like I just looked for Hispanic kids. Yeah, I'm gonna go now because I'm so not stoked on this recast. I'm not. I, I did. This was a hard we, recast. We decided you were going last. Yeah, you're out. You're no, out. You I'm not gonna be you all fast. You can't double save a trip. Listen, yours trip. is gonna be better than mine. We should save the best for the last. That's all I'm saying. One that sucks shouldn't be at the end. Mine's Mine not going to be good. Oh, man. We're all in agreement. We all, oh, man. Oh, we oh, all have what? shitty recasts. Hey, listener, you should, this is a challenging one. Oh, who I can recast this? Yeah. Someone send in some recasts. Am I really? Do S- I have send to Send it go to last? our DMs on yes, Instagram. I called you last. Trout. The, at the movie, roulette, the movie Roulette podcast on Instagram. Making fun of me. DM us your recast. And I'm going next. Yeah, if there's a good recast, Strout can bring it up at the beginning of the next yeah, episode. So, Richie Valens, we've already discussed who played him. I went with Zolo Mariduena. No clue. He is uh, in the Cobra Kai. He's uh, Miguel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, That's not Richie fluffy Valens? enough. He's not fluffy enough. Bob Morales. I have Rico Rodriguez. The, the, the chubby kid, kid from, from Modern Family. Yeah, so, all right, it's a good thing I changed it. Uh, Connie Valenzuela. I have Jessica Alba. I almost went with her. And and as you can see, I'm trying to stick with because of the because of the culture of this movie. That's that's what I did with with uh, Hispanic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Rosie Morales. I have Jenna Ortega. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Donna Ludwig. I have McKenna Grace. I don't know who the fuck she is or what she's been in, but I looked up young actresses and she was on there. I think I know who um, she is. You know, before I before I announce my Bob Keen replacement, 
this whole like casting the youth, like we've talked about, um, brutal, you know, these kids, Richie Valens was 17, 16, you know, the other kid, his friends, the girls, they were young. So we're casting kids again, unfortunately. Uh, but in the adult role of Bob Keane, in a little nod to the Goonies, because Joe Panty, Joey Pants was in the Goonies, I went with Sean Astin. That's I great. Like it. I like that. I like that. That's better than what Jason said. And that's my one good cast. That's what better than what Jason said. All right. So we ready to finish this? What? My shitty recast? <laughs> Uh, just trying to skip right it. it. Trust me, you'll wish you did. No. You can edit it out no, if no, you No, there's need no to. skipping recast. If one no, does I'm it, joking. all does it. I'm joking. Oh. So I have Richie Valens played by a young 1990s version of John Leguizamo. He has a more similar facial structure to okay. the real Richie Valens, and I like him. So good, I think that's a good cast. I think that's, that's a great a, cast. That's a good, yeah. Um, Bob Morales, I have as Michael Pena. Okay. Yep. Also yep. from the nineties. Yep. Um, so we're going. We're, we're, hop, we're hopping in our uh, time machine. I had to for these yeah. for these roles because I got you. I, I got there you. was there was I wasn't familiar enough with these young ones that could pull it off. Yeah. Um, for Connie, I have uh, the maid from Family Guy, the one who always says no, no. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> told you it was really bad. The guys. fuck is her name? I don't fucking remember. It's the maid from family. Oh, guy. wait, hold on, hold on. I mean, literally like the character, the cartoon. Consuela. I don't mean her, the, name is, her name is Consuela. I don't mean the voice actress. You, you mean, <laughs> you mean the actual cartoon is that it's a cartoon mixed in. It's like, like Roger Rabbit. I'll be honest. I thought it was funny. Cause I was like, I was think, thinking of an older Spanish lady and right. it popped into my mind and I started laughing no. and I wrote it down and I thought no, no more about it. Um, but Rosa, uh, Rosie, I have as, also for the '90s, Selma Hayek, <laughs> just a younger Selma Hayek. Well, maybe dude, like yeah. like even even today. I almost Selma cast Hayek. her as the mom, but I realized dude, she's like 57 dude, now. But and she's so gorgeous. Old. She is so beautiful. Donna, I have as Taylor Swift because I um we were just talking about her because she played <laughs> she played <laughs> in Kansas City this weekend tonight. and I thought it was funny. Um, and then Bob Keen as a nod to another of one of my favorite movies, That Thing You Do. The Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks as the the record producer slash you know because like A and R discoverer you know yeah, he did, he played it perfectly in fucking that thing you do yeah and I just really like him God I can't and that thing you do is one of my favorite music I hope movies. dude I hope we roll that tonight so Shroud has to fucking watch it so uh, it is our time to close the book on La Bamba it's La Bamba stop saying it like that so uh, La Bamba. Um, you sound like a white racist guy saying the bumper the bumper um is over you guys ready to see what you know what i wrote one more little quick fact when i was a little kid the uh i straight up thought it was blah 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 so did so did (laughs) i I was a kid and my wife thought it was la 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 that's that's what i thought it was and then when he goes i thought it was la la same me too I was pretty sure that's common for everybody. Yeah. Straight up didn't until I until I looked at for this. I looked at the lyrics and I was like, holy shit. Para para la bomba. Para bailar. That's to dance the bomba. To dance the bomba. You have to have grace. I I will I thought that was gonna come up earlier. And then for me, for you, um, let's go, let's go. 
And then, um, come on, let's go. And I'm, not a, I'm not a sailor. I am not a sailor. I'm a captain. I am a captain. Oh, captain, my okay. captain, spin the wheel. Okay. okay. Oh, here we go. Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Gotta get us something good. Gotta get us something good. We need something. I hope it's Dances with Wolves. No, I hope it isn't. All right, ready? I hope it is. There you go. I hope it's Vegas Vacation. That's gross. <laughs> Labyrinth! Labyrinth! I will take it. Fuck. Are we going to dance the magic seen, dance? We are going to dance it. We are going to like, I, I want to talk about Bo- David Bowie's dick in that, in this movie. Smack that baby. Make him pee. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that? No. That's the way I've always heard okay, it. Okay. So this <laughs> is. Slap that baby. Make him pee. <laughs> I don't. I'm pretty. This is. You guys a, don't have to listen for what it. Year this movie, what year did this movie? What year did. Oh, What 80, year did the Labyrinth come out? Yeah. What year did Labyrinth? Six, 80, 86, 88. Somewhere around in there. Hang on. 86. So I, was, I don't know that I saw this right away, but I do know that the first time I laid eyes on Jennifer Connelly in this movie, I am still in love with her. That's same. I was just going to say, I, my feelings for her have never changed. She ass, is ass or in not. her fifties now. And she is better than ever. First time I ever saw her in a movie. Maverick. Oh my God. Yeah. They're just a month or two ago. First movie I ever just joking. Of course I saw Labyrinth a million times when I was young, but dude, David like, Bowie. Uh, like I know that I I've, I have some things to say about it too, because I've like, I haven't watched it end to end and bit I've seen bits of it and there's like I have some like deep psychological things I can say about it along with David Bowie's dick like because his that's prominent in this thing um I do remember when he passed away a couple years ago there was a meme going around that said like the earth is however millions or billions of years old and you managed to live at the same time as David Bowie so smile yeah it's true that's kind of an interesting way to look at things yeah I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. That's so awesome. We lived at the same so, time as most modern rock stars. This <laughs> is <laughs> modern. <laughs> I mean, with that, we call it. We will see you guys uh, next time when I, we're talking about Labyrinth. We've overlapped with quite a bit of the Beatles. I mean. All right. We are out. We will talk to, about Labyrinth next time. Yeah, you're probably hearing like La Bamba or fucking... Some dope ass track from this film. Sleepwalk. Yeah, we'll probably yeah. Like, we'll probably find find a Maybe cool we'll like Sleepwalk or at the end of this film. MXPX because you know cut up or cover of this oh, for Shroud because yeah. he loves MXPX. I fucking hate MXPX. All right, Stop. we'll see you later. Enjoy it. Have Good fun. Night. Labyrinth next time. It'll be fun. Join us. <laughs> Have fun. Beep boop. <laughs> Beep boop. Did you write the book of love and do you have faith in God above if the Bible tells you so? And do you believe in rock and roll? Can music save your mortal soul? And can you teach me how to dance real slow? Well, I know that you're in love with him cause I saw you dancing in
my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye and singing, This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die.